Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling aficionados of all ages, welcome to the first episode of the newest, the most electrifying, jaw-dropping and no-holds-barred wrestling podcast on the planet. Mark out of ten. Where passion meets punditry, where fanhood transforms into fiery opinions, and where the squared circles dissected like never before. We're not just a podcast, we're a wrestling revolution. Grab a steel chair, take a deep breath, and get ready to mark out like never before, because we are your hosts, Shields and Hoxie, laying the smackdown on all things wrestling. So Hoxie, I've got one question for you. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? <laughs> it had to be done, right? <laughs> well, welcome everybody, first ever episode of the um, Mark Out of Ten podcast. I hope you're all well. Um, Hoxie. I am, I am a, as the kids say, I'm gassed up for this, mate. I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for a long time, right? We have, yeah. Really long time. So and the planets and the moons and everything's aligned, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So do I, do I, before we get started into telling us what, um, well, what we're doing today, like let's talk about the premise of it. What, ha- why we're doing this? What, where we all started from? What we're doing, basically? So, yeah, mate. Mark out of ten. Um, it's basically. We, we always talk wrestling fans are obsessed with what is the best what is the worst who's the best who's the worst like abc one two three mount rushmore all that sort of stuff so mark out of 10 is basically the top 10 of stuff within wrestling top 10 whatever i don't know we'll go through top 10 theme music this is all opinion based by the way so it's mm-hmm. not like this <laughs> is just me and you it's almost going head-to-head, really, with discussion and debate, because we have these debates quite often, right? We say today. We, we have we have d- uh, discussions on stream, we have discussions in person, we have discussions over WhatsApp, about <laughs> all this sort of stuff. So top 10 wrestling themes, top 10 tag teams, top 10 whatever, pay-per-views, whatever. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this, mate. I'm very, yeah. very excited for this. It's, it's going to be good. So, so me and Hoxie, we're both very busy people, so we can't actually settle on a, how often we're going to do this, but we're going to do as often as we can. So it's going to be released on YouTube primarily, but it's going to be on all your favourite podcast um, type things, so Spotify, Google uh, Podcasts, etc. So we'll get on absolutely everything we can. Um, yeah, as Hoxie says, this has been a, a sort of, the seed was planted many moons ago. Uh, we were doing a watch along on Hoxie's stream, and uh, I can't even remember what wrestling event it was. It must have been a Royal Rumble or something, because that, that's what we do. It's got to have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we were WhatsApping each other and saying, right, this is what we should do. And literally 18 months later, here we are, where we're doing the very first one. As Hoxie said, it is all. Nice and quick. Nice and quick. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know? There's a lot of planning and preparation going to these podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, you should see my notes. There's definitely no planning and preparation going. <laughs> Um, yeah, so basically, as Hoxie says, it is all opinion based. So um, our, our top ten lists, we we have a we have a particular um, topic area, but we don't have anything in terms of any major ways of narrowing it down. So as long as you can justify why you're putting them on the list, this is where the debate and um, communication c- comes from. So they, it might be a mixture of like actual factual justification mm-hmm. with some of this stuff. Um, it might be. I think this because I, my my opinion is more than yours. <laughs> so it, it it could be oh my god I love this when I was a kid. It could be oh my god I love this now. It could be I hated this as a kid. I hate this now. So there's loads of different ways in which we can we can justify things, right? And we do have we, we're not. I mean, background wise, we've been wrestling fans forever. Mm-hmm. I, I I can remember. I can remember. I was off ill from school. I had my tonsils taken out when I was like 
five or six or something crazy like that. And I can remember my next door neighbor coming around with, it was SummerSlam 1990. 1991 oh my god so bad um hulk hogan versus the ultimate warrior i can remember him bringing the tape round for me to watch and that was when i first watched wrestling i can remember it it's weird i can't remember all the details but i can remember it happening so strange we've been wrestling fans forever john yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I sort of you know you, you have the usual right you have like Hulkamania running wild, you have Undertaker scaring the crap out of you when he first comes out. But I remember my first sort of real life experience was um, at the town hall in, in my local town and I saw um, Big Daddy for the first time, Shirley Crabtree, um, and he was an absolute fucking monster, you know, it was it was insane. <laughs> so he scared the crap out of me just because he was... and you, you He know, was probably it, deeper than he was tall. To be fair, old Shirley. Yeah, but remember, He's a big I, old lad, right? Yeah, but remember, I wasn't always six foot three when I was a, a child, Hoxie. <laughs> it's like he, he was a big man compared to me. It was like You're Scottish, mate. You were born at five foot. Oh, I'm sure of it. Absolutely. So, so yeah, as Hoxie says, we've both been fans um, since we can remember. So, um, yeah. So, like I say, it's going to be a top ten list, but we're going to talk about specific things like that's happening in the wrestling business at the moment. <clears throat> um, so the major things just. That, that's happening um, through the dirt sheets. Not Meltzer, though. Fuck Meltzer. Um, Meltzer can get in the bin. Yeah, Hashtag absolutely. fuck Dave Meltzer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, I think we'll, we'll just go straight into the, the biggest bit of wrestling news, I think, Hoxie, that's been released this week, is Sting has yep. announced that he is going to retire next year. It's crazy, right? Mm. I like... We sort of... With, with Sting, we sort of take... It's going to sound really strange. We sort of take it for granted. We yeah. take him for granted. We take the Sting, quote unquote, gimmick or character for, for granted. We, he's been around for so long, so long. You kind of forget how long it is. Yep. Um, I think it's thirty-five years. Oh, hundred percent. Thirty-six years, maybe. Yeah. Um, I should have. There we go. Amazing research. <laughs> it's it's got to be 35, 36 years ago. Um, Sting was was introduced onto. It would have been TBS. It would have been. Mm-hmm. It would have been Jim Crockett Promotions, right? So it's got to be. You look at all of the stuff that this guy has done throughout his throughout his career. Like you, you had like the the surface Sting. You know what I mean? That the, the big baby face. You had mm-hmm. that that amazing moment with Flair. That sort of the quote unquote. Passing of the torch for this guy, that match, that, that Clash of the Champions match um, with with Ric Flair, which was just incredible. You go all the way through with, obviously, into the WCW years, and you have these amazing feuds with like Vader and like Cactus Jack and stuff like back in the day, and then you get to obviously the, the Crowsting character, which is sort of where we are today, really, to a certain degree. Like this guy has done a lot of stuff in wrestling. A lot of stuff that we sort of don't realise and we sort of take for granted. Um, the he's changes on the conversation is, of the goat, right? He's got to be. In he, that yeah, he's 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 got a he's got. A, we, we might have this conversation, yeah, at some point in, in a in a future podcast, mate. You know what I mean? In, in, <laughs> in having this, this this conversation about these these guys who've sort of done a lot for the business and been around for a long time, and just that. I mean, for for a start, the loyalty that he had with his career, like yep. not. "Quote unquote jumping ship when the chance arose. Like it's this guy's 
This guy's up there. He's got to be in that conversation. He really has. It's like, I've got a few questions I'm going to ask you about this, right? Okay, so uh, bear with me. But I think out of all the gimmicks you've mentioned, there's one that you didn't, mm-hmm. and that was his Joker gimmick. Joker Sting, yeah. yeah. Insane. So, so good. And I yeah. think what he... Slept what, on, right? 100%. Slept on big time. Yeah. I think what he doesn't get credit for, and this is where the parallel with Taker comes in, and this is one of the questions I'll ask you in a wee second, is he had the ability to, to identify when he had to change his gimmick. You know? Yes. Taker did it as well. You know, he went from, like, the old school Western under, uh, Undertaker to, like, the uh, ministry to yeah, you know the dark etc. There's exactly the yeah. same with Sting. Do you think that's the biggest regret in wrestling? The fact that we didn't see a Sting and Taker feud because he was so loyal to WCW. Yeah, I, I, I. So it's sort of like a Batman and a Joker kind of situation. I think mm. with with Taker and and Sting, they they had to be. They were in different plate different places but at the same time they were doing they were like the the stalwart it's probably the best way yeah. to describe it they they were that, that that foundation that cornerstone yeah that cornerstone of what that company meant at that specific time these guys who have been through it all they've worked through like injury they worked through when the business was good when the business was bad um they were always a constant with with that and i and i think that's just a testament to both guys, but it is a shame we didn't get to see them. Um, I had a great booking idea to end both of their careers, but it's gone way longer than it should have. I wanted them to be at WrestleMania and have the Phenom versus, like, you know, what I mean, that that sort of um, what was it? That fucking uh, oh my god, I can't remember. It. Oh my days, I'm having a nightmare. That sort of um, I'll edit it, it was fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we had like the Undertaker as the as the phenom, and then we had the Stinger as like that that sort of constant guy that he he I mean, he'd never lose, he'd never been beaten. They could have wrestled together at WrestleMania and just had this crazy, crazy match. And then both of them just like you know, but back in the day when he used to have the the lightning bolt used to come down and like hit the co- the coffin, the casket or whatever on the just have those guys like wrestling somewhere fighting somewhere or whatever the lightning bolt comes down bang and they both just disappear and that's it that's all we ever see we have like that that crazy sort of like um you know what i mean just that like oh my god like holy sh- holy shit where, where's, it, where's it gone like you, you know what i mean that and that would be the end of both of their careers just like they, they what is it the immovable object makes the sub of a force and just they they collide no one is going to back down. No one's going to lose. No one's going to win. They're just going to fight and fight and fight. And in the end, it's just gone into the abyss. What happened? We don't know. It's the way it ended. Yeah. I'd love that. I, th- I, I love that. I think For me, issue that was with... the way they should have done it. <laughs> no, no, this would have been a great show. I think the issue was Vince was in charge of booking and he would never have booked Sting to go overtaker. It would no. never have happened. The immortal Sting. That's yeah. the word I was looking for, mate. The immortal Sting. Ah, right, the okay. phenom versus the immortal would have been for. Incredible. That would have been incredible. Right, so... Are we, are we PG? Are we PG-14? <laughs> are we, are we, I've just dropped a couple of swear words. I don't even right, know where I, we're I, going. I, I'll have a beat machine somewhere. It'll be fine. And, Good, man. Uh, if you're go. offended, you can there fuck off. Yeah, um, yeah. Right, so I was thinking this in the car, right? Is there anybody okay. on current TV, right, who's appeared on the four major, like, US shows? WWE, WCW, Impact, and AEW? I don't think there is. Um, it's only Sting. 
Yeah, that's got to be right. William Regal. Regal's never been. William Empire. Regal didn't do TNA. No, he never done TNA, did he? No. Uh, oh, um, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Um, yeah. uh, it's Jeff Jarrett then. Yeah, that's fine. I couldn't think of anybody else. See, that's you could happened. go one further. Really, Jerry Lynn would have been an ECW as well, so he would have done the lot. But Jerry Lynn didn't wrestle in AEW because he's not medically cleared. RVD, did he Jack ever do WCW? Yeah. RVD probably would have done a WCW. Yes. So oh. potentially there. Okay. Right now, we don't have a, an email address, but if you are on our YouTube channel, which again, we don't know what the YouTube channel is, there'll probably be an edit at the end of this telling you all that information. Um, let us know in the comments or email us with, um, yeah, if you, you can think anybody else. Okay, final Rob question. Rob really. um, wrestled on WC Worldwide in 1993. He wrestled Vinny Vegas. There we go. He wrestled Kevin Nash. And he had a match with Paul Ondorf as well. There we go. Hardys, did they ever wrestle WCW? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think they started as like they were very young. They were like 14, 15, weren't they? Yeah. They wrestled in the rage for fucking <laughs> enhancement yeah. talent in the WWF, didn't they? So yeah. if they did go to WCW or do anything to WCW, I probably wouldn't imagine. Fair enough. Yeah. Fi final question related to Sting. Yep. Who's the final match? Who's going to retire him? Oh, there's, 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 there's two ways. If I had the pencil, right? If I had the pencil. So if I was booking this, you're either going to go. You're either going to go a guy who has been a big part of his career all the way through his life, mm -hmm. or you're going to have him passing the torch onto somebody. It would make perfect sense for it to be Darby, yep. for it to be Darby Allen. Um, the issue we have there is one of them will have to turn heel, like, and, I, and I, I can't see Sting going out of the business and ending his, his career as as a heel. And Darby Allen couldn't be a credible heel against Sting. I don't think he would need people around him. He would need that. He would need the sort of uh, the, sh the shit house stable with him to sort of be a be horrible. And Darby Allen is a. I think he's a all round face. I, I think it's really difficult. I could see somebody like Jeff Jarrett, maybe um, something along those lines. I don't know. It's it's difficult. But if it was me. I would mm -hmm. do something along the lines of, of Darby Allen or even if he has a tag match with Darno, we've seen the tag match with Darby Allen a couple of times. Um I saw it at Wembley, just just FYI. Sorry, John. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> like something along those lines to sort of pass the torch, but you could argue you could argue it's already been done. I don't know. Darby Allen's probably a good shout, but it, it just depends how they go about doing it because you need to boo and you need right? to cheer, right? Yeah, yeah but you, there, need, there needs to be a booyah, mate. We can't just have face versus face. There's, a, there's, no, there's no money there, baby. There's no <laughs> where's the money. There's no money. You know what I mean? So it's difficult. It's difficult. But Darby Allen would make sense. It's just how they do it, in my opinion. What about you? What you say? What say you? I, I think my natural inclination has got to be Darby. Yeah, I, I just can't see past it just now. I, I just don't know if I'm blinkered with that. But yeah, I think it's it's yeah. It's, it, in my opinion, it's got to be Darby. I think it. <laughs> And this is the big if. If yep. it's booked correctly, it, it could work. But if Tony yep. Khan's in charge of booking, then we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's call a spade yeah. a spade. You know, it's, uh, yeah. That is a very big discussion for another day, by yeah. the way. 
That's very a, big discussion that's for another, another day. Podcast. Uh, it's, it's probably a two-parter, mate. I don't know. We, we don't know how long these podcasts are going to be. By the way, they could be half an hour. They could be four hours. We don't know. <laughs> but that's, if it's, it's four like, hours, I will cut them in half. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, mate. It's I, I agree. It's it. Let's say with with anything to do with wrestling, it's how it's booked. It's mm. how it's how the, the story's going to pan out. But it's yeah, it's got to be. Interesting. So, yeah. so yeah, there, there's obviously other little bits and pieces in terms of the wrestling business, like um, Logan Paul challenging Rey Mysterio for the US title, etc. But we're not going to go into that. Sting was the big one, um, I think, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I'm you got- 99.9% sure Logan Paul's um, promo obviously was, was written for him. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the content and the delivery was very good. Calling out Roman Reigns and Talking about LA Knight and this, that, and the other. I thought that was a very, very good promo from what I've heard. I haven't seen the whole thing, the snippets and the bits that I've seen. Very good. I rate Logan Paul. Again, We've had this conversation before, right? We've had this conversation before. Another podcast right here, but Logan Paul yep. is, the sec- in my opinion, the second best person to take wrestling other than Kurt Angle. Like, Kurt Angle, the quickest. Yep. Insane. And that is one thing we definitely do agree on. There's many things we don't, so yes. stick around. We're going we're gonna to go through. We're going to go through. A lot of stuff within the next X amount of time, and I guarantee we're going to have some discussions about this. So, but we definitely do agree on the Logan Paul Kurt Angle. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Okay, so top ten, mark out of ten. This is what's all about. We list the the top ten of a certain criteria, and I think it, the the most sensible thing for us to do, and we discussed this at length, was the top ten best WWE slash WWF champions. Okay. Um, doesn't include anything outside. Doesn't include anything outside of the World Wrestling Federation, and this goes right back to the inception, like WWF and and before. Yeah. So um, anything uh, McMahon's name has been put on, basically, pretty much. Probably yeah. is this one to describe <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good shit. Yeah. This doesn't yeah. include like the ECW title that came in, um, that because yeah. that's just garbage. Like, forget it. Uh, but yeah, so. We're going to go through our top 10. Um, I, I've put mine in my order, so it's going to be yep. interesting. I think you've done the same, Hoxie, yeah? Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. From 10 to 1 in uh, <laughs> in my preference. Oh, lots and lots of different things. I have I, I have rewritten this probably about four or five times. <laughs> yeah, and that's today. I, yeah. <laughs> we, started, we started sort of thinking about this a little while ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then I think of something else. I'll be like, oh, sh- "Shit, let me just let me just move that there. <laughs> let me just put that here." Um, but I, I think I'm settled. There will be discussion about this, no doubt. Um, even after the podcast goes out, which mm. we're more than open to. You guys can can agree. You guys can disagree. You guys can shit on us. You can guys can do whatever you want to do. This is just <laughs> this is what I'm feeling right now at this very moment in time. That's what I feel my way. Right, well, yeah. to quote a great Australian, let's crack straight into it, right? Crack Num- straight into it. Your number 10, Hoxie, who's your number 10 best WWE champions <laughs> of all time? Okay, so this might be a bit of a shock to you. It might be a bit of a shock to a couple of people who are listening, or lots of people who are listening. But my number 10 greatest WWE champion of all time is Eddie Guerrero. Okay. okay. Now, this this is a. It's not necessarily for 
how many times he held the title, how long he held the title, how much money he drew, like, you mean, how many pay-per-views he, he, he main evented, nothing to do with that. This is all to do with the impact in which Eddie Guerrero had on, like, the wrestling fan, the wrestling population, but also the actual wrestling business itself. You had a guy who was always, always going to be pushed down. He's always going to be squashed down because of his size, because of his weight. Obviously, things like that changed a little bit later on with how much juice this guy was on. Um, but taking <laughs> allegedly, everything allegedly. aside... Allegedly. yeah, allegedly. Um, this guy changed the business for everybody. He... Um, I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use this term anyway. He paved the way for basically the the last 20 years, or whatever it is, even 15, 20 years of of wrestlers and and guys, those smaller guys who came throughout the business. You, 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 Daniel Bryan's of the world, for example. I I genuinely don't think there would have been a Daniel Bryan champion. Um, WWF champion, w, I mean, WWE world heavyweight champion, whatever. I don't think somebody like Daniel Bryan would have won the title if it wasn't for somebody like an Eddie Guerrero in that conversation. Um, he changed the business, that work ethic, that um, that character, um, just the the way he wrestled. He wrestled like a guy who was bigger than him. And I'm I I'm not one of these guys who who thinks everybody should be a seven foot tall roid head. Like I'm not that guy at all. You know what I mean? I I appreciate wrestling. Um, I genuinely think this guy changed the business for for the better. And for that reason, he had to make it onto my onto my top ten. Um, there's a bit of a discussion about this maybe later on in my list. I'm not giving anything away, but for what he meant to the business and what he did. Eddie Guerrero has sneaked into number 10 for me just because of the impact he had. I think it's a legitimate shout and the Guerrero family is like synonymous with wrestling, right? I mean, it it makes sense. To be honest, Eddie's not on my list, but Eddie was... was In the conversation? Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, he had to be. Under so, consideration, you know, there we go. He had to, he had to be. I mean, that's a t-shirt, um, mate. That's a fucking t-shirt straight away. We've been going for 20 minutes. That's, that's a t-shirt, I'm telling you. Uh, hashtag under consideration. Let's under go. Under consideration, I love it. Um, okay, interesting. It's a solid, solid start from you. For me, I've went old school, and I know we said that, you know, um, length of title reigns, etc., is yep. it's not that important, but but it, it can be important. That's that's the thing. So just just really just we'll yeah. reiterate for this. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the, the, for the me, justification could be anything you want it to be. It's your opinion right? for me. This guy, because of the length of his reign, had to be on the list. And okay, it's got to be Bruno, Bruno okay. Sammartino. For me, he had an eight-year reign as champ. You know, Ridiculous, and right? <laughs> mental, and that—that that was his first reign. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, his second reign. I think it's only been beaten by four other people. It's like twelve hundred odd days or something crazy like that. Yeah. So, yep. but his first one, eight-year reign, beaten by Ivan Kolov. And what I didn't realize was the reason why the title had to change hands is because he was knackered. He needed a break. That's the only reason they they, they took the title off him. He dropped yep. the title because he was tired, which is fucking insane, right? <laughs> I 
I think he you is... You've got to think about that territory model, though, back then, though, mate. Like, we, we need to have a conversation about... Mm-hmm. Not a conversation, but bring that into consideration. Like, it wasn't, okay, you're you're the WWE champion and you, you wrestle on a WWE show. You might do a pay-per-view or a weekly show. These guys were doing it sometimes, like... Yep. Nine times a nine times a week. It's insane, right? Like they, they would wrestle like two shows on a weekend, like each day. It's crazy. It's Sorry, insane. mate. Go on. No, 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 it's absolutely fine. I mean yep. what was also crazy, I mean, and he cracked it in New York, you know, in terms of oh, think of this, there's still a record, I think, in Madison Square Garden's hundred and eighty seven sellouts as a main event attraction. Hundred and eighty seven Madison, Square, Madison Garden. Square Gardens. You know, and and just that stat alone for me is why he should be on the list, and he should be in the conversation as being one of the greatest of all times. What I also yep. like about Bruno is the fact that he got like the working class Joe in off the streets. Yep. Like he, he, that's, he made that's what believe. he did. You know, yep. it's it, it's fact. It's there, and you know, he had his issues with Vince, but I think it's testament to Triple H. Yeah, he recognised the impact that Bruno had on the business, and that's why he brought him back in, because he deserved that Hall of Fame spot, right? Now, oh, people talk shit about the WWE Hall of Fame, etc., right? And, and you can like it, you can not like it, whatever. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but for it to be a legitimate Hall of Fame, he had to be in it, and I think Triple H did the absolute right thing. So for me, Bruno is in top 10. He, he probably could be higher, but I think my justifications for other ones are just slightly stronger than Bruno's, I think. Slightly stronger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm there with you, mate. I'm happy with that. Cool. It's a good start. Great start. Number nine. Some good factoids, mate. Sorry, not factoids. Some good facts. I love that. Number love nine it. for me. So what we're going to do is Hawksy will go, then I'll go, and then I'll take two, and then Hawksy will take two, and then we'll go up. Keep, keep on going that way. So that, that that's going to be the, the, the way it works. So number nine for me is the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. Now, it's nothing to do, okay. with, the of, nothing to do with the amount of reigns he has, but if we, if we think about it just now, he is the last legitimate sort of badass, like the old school badass, the guy that would punch you in the face if you didn't shake his hand properly, right? That's what I'm thinking. I think he would eat your face off he would rather eat, than punch well, you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I was trying to be <laughs> But um, that's right. I, I'm thinking... As I say, he's sort of the last legitimate badass, but at the same time, he is a—he is someone that I think you could pick him up and put him in any era, and he would be an absolute superstar. For such a big guy, he's quick. He's obviously strong. He—he he doesn't need to say anything. He just needs to look at you and you crap yourself. You know, it's like it's—it's yep. it's an old school wrestler. It's an old school heel. And even now, his face work is his baby face work as Cowboy Brock is one of the best things we've seen from Brock Lesnar without having Heyman as the mouthpiece. I just think, yeah, Brock's got to be in there as one of the best of all time, to be honest. I think he's got that superstar charisma and appeal to a wider audience as well. Yeah. Now, without giving too much away, I wrestled... (laughs) Forgive the pun. I wrestled with Brock Lesnar being on my list for a long time. Okay. And he was so close, mate. He was probably if there was a number eleven, he'd be number eleven. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> like I was having this having this discussion, this internal monologue with myself. Like this guy is amazing. Like to go to do what he did as well, to sort of come from where he came from, just mm-hmm. like an absolute machine. 
to be one of the youngest WWE champions ever as well. Yep. Um, he came in just absolutely run amok. And then he, he left and missed out on the NFL Cup with the Vikings, like by the tiniest of margins, like the last guy cut. UFC, smashing people up. Heavyweight champion in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's a... He's... he's I, I, you sent me that TikTok the other day, like, take me to your leader sort of thing, and <laughs> you would take him to Brock Lesnar. Like, that is... It's not really that far from the truth. He's like a, the alpha male of this of this world, really. He's just incredible. And yeah, I... John, like, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that at all. He just missed out on mine. Number nine on yours. What was it? Was, right? I'm assuming Bruno wasn't on your list. Um, we'll see, right? Ah, okay. See what Fair happens. Fair yeah. Fair Fair okay. See what happens. Okay, okay Hoxie, over to you, number nine. So, number nine for me, um, who I wrestled with. So, this I, I don't know if you found with this list, sort of the, the top few were sort of a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. The bottom few were a little bit easier, but in the middle, it's like, oh my God, like, where, where does this go? It's, it's like a bit flip. of a. A bit of a mush, yeah, it's crazy. Um, number nine for me is The Undertaker. We, we had this discussion, I, I sort of gave a little bit away, the old Easter egg earlier on, we were having this discussion about him and Sting, like, this guy was a lifer with with, with the company when he finally got there, mm. in, you know what I mean? And, and he was with the WWE, WWF, when times were good, when times were bad, he was always that constant there. He never... You look at his title runs and the amount of titles, he, you, you'd think he would have more. You'd think he'd have a longer amount of time. You'd think he'd be a longer... Like, he'd have more titles. I think it was three. Three WWF championships, two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, yeah. Because he, he, was, he was sort of the world heavyweight champion later on. Yep. You know what I mean? So it doesn't qualify to, to, a, to a certain degree with this. So um, this guy was there... He had, and this is this is common knowledge. For, uh, you listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews. He had like a name your price offer from WCW, like in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Like we'll do whatever you want to do. Here's the checkbook. He was like, "No, nah, you're okay." And he stuck there through thick and thin, thick and thin, and and knew that Vince would pull the nose up on the company, which obviously it inevitably happened. Um, some of the matches that he had either with his run, with his title runs, or when he wasn't, when he was working with the guys who were the champion. And I know we're talking about champions, but you, you have to make guys as well. You know what I mean? You have to be you have to be there, and you have to be present, and you have to have good matches, whether you have the title or you're, or you're chasing the title. For me, The Undertaker was, uh, and probably still is, the ultimate professional within the wrestling business. I don't think you can have any other conversation about who the guy was. Um, you, you, you hear the stories about about the the, the the wrestlers' court, and the Undertaker was the judge, the jury, and sometimes the executioner with with what was going on. Like everybody knew that he was the guy. He was a badass. He was a good man. He was a good person. He was a professional. He was a great champion, and he was loyal. And I think in the wrestling business. Loyalty is missed out a lot, and I think yeah. he had all of that in abundance. So for me, he had to be on my list. He's yeah. there is other people that were going to be in obviously higher than him, hence why he's number nine. But there's no way I could let him off that list at all. Yeah. So for me, number nine, Undertaker. 
Interesting. Yeah, he was, he was four times WWF WWE champion, three times world heavyweight champion. So yeah, but yes, yeah, a lock in. I think anyone's top ten. It has to be. And yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, fair dues. Number eight for Mister Hawks. Number eight for me. Um, and this was this was di- this was difficult. So I. <laughs> For me, number eight is Triple H. Okay, I'm not the biggest. Um, you would say Triple H Mark or Triple H fan or whatever. However, you want to say it. Um, but when you look at what he did, when he did it, Triple H has to be on this conversation. Triple H gets a load of shit from a lot of wrestling fans for I oh, married Steph. Married the boss's daughter. That's why he did what he did, and ABC one two three whatever. I couldn't think of anything more bullshit than that. <laughs> so he was the champion when you had like you had the Rock was injured. You had um, Stone Cold was was injured, like or, or or out of the business. You had all these guys like who were doing other things or who weren't there and they gave him the ball and he ran with it and he was quite possibly like one of the best wrestling heels um probably ever he has to be in that conversation um the the stuff that he did the the runs that he had as that champion i just think were were absolutely incredible and he, he he had to make it on the list he he's what 14 15 time champion this is this is the stuff that i didn't look at by the way so like, i've done sort of research and, <laughs> and looked at and looked at stuff but i didn't look at the at the numbers if that makes sense so um what i'm gonna do now is i'm gonna have a quick look and yeah just see what see what's going on so the, this guy was this guy was incredible the, the runs that he had is that that sort of the the early 2000s sort of type like title runs um, as the world champion, just incredible that that undisputed champion, if 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 that makes sense, um, and to have that match after WrestleMania 18 with Hulk Hogan and sort of put that guy over was it Backlash? Mm-hmm. Um, it was pay per view after, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, to know to do business at the right time and know what you had to do and and drop and drop that title like for for me a champion. Is as much as what you do with the title, as well as how you go into it and how you come out of it as well. So, um, I just think, yeah, Triple H is slept on a lot, a lot, um, and I think that the the champion run, championship runs that he had were were, were very underrated. Um, he made a lot of guys, he made a lot of money, and he carried the company when a lot of the people who would have been the champion. Went there, and they, and he still, he still sort of paid pay per view buys and and sold houses. Yeah. I just think his heel run was was incredible. Great, great worker. Proper seated in that old school mentality. Um, able to tell a story. Able to sort of add that hybrid style of, of, of sort of what wrestlers or wrestling fans expect to have. Even back then, it was very different. Um, and I yeah, I I just think he's he slept on a lot. I'm not a massive fan. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, like I love Triple H, like whatever. But for me, 
he has to make it on this list. He has to. I love the justification, Hoxie. Excellent. Nice. Interesting. Okay, man number eight. Um, so, oh, by the way, a Triple H was a nine times WWF times. champion. He was five times World Heavyweight Champion. So it's 14. Yeah. 14. There you go. So there we're thereabouts. No, I was close all. for the title reigns. There we go. Okay, for me, number eight is I've mentioned him already um, when we we're talking about Logan Paul, it's Kurt Angle. For me, has to be on any top 10 list in terms of any WWE superstar that's the best ever simply because he is simply the quickest to learn the business not how to wrestle because he knows how to wrestle yeah he's a proper shoot badass but I've never seen anybody come into it and like just learn psychology learn how to work the crowd just mm-hmm. you know he uh, yeah, I, I, to be fair, I, thinking about it now, he probably should be higher on the list. But um, yeah, he, he's just insane. He, he had he was a great heel, like an awesome heel with three eyes, intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Just fucking annoyed the crowd to no end. It annoyed me when I was watching heat, it. Right? Yeah, absolutely, it's heat, and it, it's yep. not cheap heat. And it's not go away heat. It's just good old fashioned. I heat, fucking right? hate you. You're yeah. Get off my telly. I hate you. Leave me alone. Okay. But, he was a great heel, but he was also an awesome babyface, especially at the time when like Austin turned heel with the invasion angle. And yeah. I always remember it like when he gets pile, he gets the pile driver on the concrete from Austin, and he gets taken away, and he comes back out with the neck brace, and you know the pop he gets when he rips the neck brace off, and it's just the absolute intensity in his eyes was just insane. But his other babyface moments, like pl- pl- playing the guitar or the ukulele with Stone Cold with the little cowboy hat and, you know, the milk Jimmy truck. Crack on. Jimmy yeah. Crackhorn. Jimmy Crackhorn. Oh, my God. It's just so good. It's like, he, you know, it's the fact that it's still one of the greatest stories I've heard. Is This is a testament to how, like, hard he is, how, how much of a badass he is. It's like, it's like a shoot wrestling with Brock Lesnar and he beats Brock. You know, it's like everybody goes on about how... You know, in terms of amateur wrestling, Brock is is awesome, but Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck, and Kevin didn't know. You know, it's um, yeah. For me, he's an absolute. He has to be a lock in anybody's top ten conversation. He's just just different gravy. And then obviously he he had his well documented issues, you know, and he you know he talks about himself, but he goes to Impact as well. I know this is this is away from WWE, but. Some of the matches they had there were like AJ and with Samoa Joe. It's just it goes to a different level again. The the risks he took in TNA was insane. I just think it's an overall contributor to the business. I think he probably didn't know what he was doing with those risks, but at well, least he took no. them anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Who are you? Where, where are you? Where, where am I on top of the cage right now? I thought I was on the top row. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, why am I in yeah. this barn? Um, allegedly <laughs> allegedly yes absolutely um, yeah so Kurt Angle is my number 8 now I'm I'm gonna this is where we're gonna we're gonna disagree this is where the first disagreement is gonna happen okay. on the Market at 10 podcast okay mm-hmm. I take all of your justification there and I agree with every single bit of what you've just said uh-huh. but I don't see how that relates to him being champion he had the one oh, same he, number was. Of, he won the same number of WWF WWE champions as Undertaker yeah I so if we're going to look at the statistics then that's then that's fine 
but I I think he's one of the best to ever lace up a pair of boots ever. Okay. There's 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 if we're talking about the top ten wrestlers ever, he's probably going to be on this list. He's probably going to be on my list, but I don't think he's one of the best ten champions ever. He probably done more when he wasn't a champion than when he was, and I think he's his runs were they were very short. Um, they were very sweet. He never won a title at a WrestleMania. You know what I mean? He never, he never had that big, that big sort of moment as a champion. They were always sort of whatever they call them now, premium live event sort of pay per view <laughs> uh, things that he that he won at. Um, I, John, honestly, I can't agree anymore that he's one of the best ever. He's in the local Paul, Paul conversation we had earlier on. In terms of him winning, uh, uh, taking to the business, no one's ever done it like him. He's incredible. Some of the matches he's had, one of the best matches that I've ever seen him have, it was at SummerSlam 2002 with Rey Mysterio. Um, you speak to anybody, any wrestling fan, lots of wrestling fans, they will have no idea what that match is at all. You go back and watch that match with him and Rey Mysterio. It's one of the best matches on a, on a SummerSlam in history. It is incredible. He had. The most amazing matches with everybody, but I don't think he. He, I was looking at the him mm -hmm. in in terms of a champion, and and he was he was one of the first off my list, in my opinion. Oh, wow, for me, yeah, yeah. Like I was interesting. He's a, he was a he was a champion. He was a great wrestler. He was a good champion, but for me, they were near the top ten, unfortunately. Mm, interesting, go. interesting. Mm. I suppose it's very similar to sort of Matt Eddie Guerrero. You know, it's okay. a case of it's. I think Eddie was great. As we're going back to your number 10 a little bit, it's like, I understand, mm -hmm. like, I, I agree with everything you said about Eddie. But, you know, in, in terms of you think about the the little guy, and this, this leads on to my number seven, I think there were two little guys, and not it's not Rey Mysterio, right? Two. Little guys <laughs> that were better than Eddie Guerrero, and this was a toy coin flip to see who it was. And I think I know where you're gonna go. I think I know where you're gonna go. Go on. It was, and it's basically two opposite ends of the spectrum here. It's this was between Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart. Okay, and man number seven's Bret. Okay, I knew um, exactly what you were gonna say. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I was. I, 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 I even nearly said it. Like to try and say it at the same time as you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for, for okay. me, Brett is like, he was the benchmark for the little guy. Well, alongside HBK, and I think, I think Brett just pipped it. He didn't draw a lot of money, and we said this at the beginning, it's not to do with like how many titles you won, it's not about how much money you drew. He didn't draw a lot of money for WWE when he was champ, but he... Did anybody back then? Well, well, yeah, that, that that's a very good point. Um, he probably went to WCW as he was pa past his prime. I suppose you could say. I suppose that argument could be made to there, but yeah, he, I, th he I think he was just so good. reaching it. I think he was yeah. just reaching it. You know, I think he, in '97 he was at the top of his game. Yeah, and I think his mind went before his body went. If that makes yeah. sense, his mind, his his passion, and his mind for the business. Go on, sorry, but, no, no, but, but in terms of his work, you know, he could wrestle 
little guys, he could wrestle sort of medium talent, he could wrestle big guys, and he could make them look an absolute million bucks. He was just, yep. he was, and again, very cliche, but he was the excellence of execution, right? He was, he, yep. he's best there is, the best there was, best there ever will be. The only reason I was swithering between him and HBK, and this is where it's really strange, is I feel that Brett's sort of attitude later on is sort of tarnishing him a little bit. Like, he's he's believing his own hype a little bit. Now, he was very good, that's why he's on my list. But, you know, it's to the point where it's like, right, we get it. <laughs> like, just, just stop. <laughs> Whereas, like, I HBK, it. I think HBK is sort of the... He's went in the opposite direction. He was an absolute scumbag, like in terms of like. Yeah, but that's what Jesus does for you, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you know, as as times went on, when he found Jesus, he he sort of he sort of mellowed out a little bit. He's built a lot of bridges with Brett, with Taker, etc. You know, because it's as well known that HBK was a um, a pain in the ass to work with at the get go. But I think Brett now probably thinks himself you put himself at number one on this list brett let's be honest right but i think again brett that's what makes a champion mate that's what makes yeah, a champion yeah. confidence breeds success and all that jazz but um yeah i think like i say eddie's not on my list but brett is and i think it was a, a toss-up if i was to go between eddie brett or uh, hbk eddie would be third it would be always between those two and i'm a huge hbk fan in terms of like you know the performer but i think just overall mm-hmm. in terms of best champs and, and who you want to represent at their peak when they're champ i think brett has got to be the guy right i don't, I don't think you could have relied on sean when he was at his, having his issues yeah exactly yeah yep okay yeah, so that's my number seven over to you so i believe you didn't choose kurt angle you absolute knob what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like i said mate if we're having a conversation about the the, the top 10 best wrestlers ever 100%. top 10 best pro wrestlers to ever do it kurt angle is probably going to be on my list yep. in fact he is, he is going to be on my list i think he's he's incredible mm. his his body of work yeah when we're talking champions what they did for the business as a whole what they did for the sort of the, the world of wrestling, of pro wrestling, I, I, he's not on there for me. He's not Fair on news. there for me. So, my um, number seven, and this was really tight. This was really, really tight between this guy and somebody else um, for quite similar, similar-ish reasons, really. Um, both sort of within the same kind of um, time frame, almost, if you want to sort of look at it like that. Uh, but my number seven is Bruno Sammartino. Oh, there we go. Um, the reason he's higher on the list than he, he is at your, at your number 10 is for what he did in terms of the numbers. Mm-hmm. That's not just in terms of like how long he held the belt for, which is just an insane amount of time. Now, I know you can have the argument like there wasn't as many pay per views back then. There wasn't as many like there wasn't a WrestleMania. Like whatever you can have that argument all day long. But I said earlier on when you were talking about Bruno, they wrestled like so, every night, sometimes twice on a Saturday and Sunday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you said earlier on about the the selling at the, uh, the Madison Square Garden at MSG. Like he was the every man's champion. He brought people into wrestling who would never be there like that 
like obviously you just obviously, um it, that Italian, that the northeastern sort of territory, that New York territory, with a lot of the Sicilians and the and the, the Italian sort of uh, population that would come across, he probably made the WWWF slash WWF what it was, just by him, a being from Italy, but just by him, the way that he carried himself, the way that he was a champion, he was a champion every single second of every single day. That's what he was put on this earth to do. He was put on this earth to wrestle and to be a champion. And to be a champion doesn't mean you hold a belt and you have a title. A champion is being a put like the way you live your life. Like it was mm -hmm. insane. Kayfabe was still a thing. It was still as real as it could possibly be to everybody back then. And he never ever let that slip. My favorite San Martino story is years, years and years and years later. You okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What well, that noise was, and there was a noise in the background. <laughs> um, my favorite San Martino story is, is from years and years later. Um, Chris Candido was the NWA world champion. So this was way after the NWA was a thing. It was sort of in the, in the 90s. It may have even been early 2000s. I don't know exactly when the story was, but uh, Bruno San Martino was was in, a, in an airport and Chris Candido went to the bathroom, went to the toilet when San Martino was in there. Chris Candido sh shook his hand at oh, Mr. Mr. San Martino, like, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm a, I'm a wrestler and it's Chris Candido. Um, I'm actually the, the NWA world, world champion right now. And San Martino said to me, he says, look, kid, like, be careful. Be careful for everybody. Be careful you go in the ring with. Be careful with these promoters. All they want to do is is hold you down and and, and get that title off you. You got to be strong. You got to be tough in there. Literally calling it as a shoot in like t whatever it was year two thousand. And I just think that's amazing. He would have been in his seventies at the time, probably. Yeah. He was still sort of keeping kayfabe for a start. Still sort of living those living those sort of like. Those morals and that sort of that life as a as a, tra a traveling champion, I just think that's incredible. And for hit, for that, he has to be on that list. Um, he's got to be higher than some of the other guys for me. He's got to be in that mix in the middle of the bag. San Martino, absolute legend, absolute legend. Okay, Hawks, so you're going on to your number six. So my number six is Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> We're really really close. Bret Hart was seven for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, so we, we we mentioned about not drawing much money. He was a champion at the time where the business wasn't drawing any money. WCW and the WWF weren't drawing any money in his in his first run. Nowhere near um, that sort of that sort of money um, that they would be had before or or, or have after. Um, but this guy was just. Like you say, you could put him in there with everybody, mm -hmm. anyone and any everybody, and he would have the the, the best match. Like um, you talk about, like the guys like Diesel, like Kevin Nash. The best match Kevin Nash ever had in his life was with Bret Hart. Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just he would go in there. Um, it's a really famous match for him earlier on in his career was probably the mid to late eighties. Um, can you remember the guy Tom McGee? Remember that name? I know the name. Tom McGee was meant to be the next coming of just the, the next biggest thing. He was bodybuilder. He could do flips and everything. He was a good-looking guy, blah, 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 blah. 
couldn't work for shit, couldn't wrestle his way out of a fucking wet paper bag. This guy was dreadful. But he put his man put him in there with Brett, and they and Brett said, "Give me, give me three moves. Give me three, four moves that you can do." He's like, okay, he said, just listen to me. And they had the best match of Tom McGee's career. I think he had like he was around for probably yeah, eighteen yeah. months. He had like this guy is incredible. Bret Hart was unbelievable, and you had that period of time. I, I just touched on it quite quickly with San Martini. It wasn't as much as it was, but that sort of belief and that living as a champion and you being a champion yeah. and sort of portraying that to your peers, portraying that to the fans, portraying it to to who to whatever that professional champion um Bret Hart was was that in abundance and he was incredible in the ring um he got like I said have a match with with anybody turn up do what he needs to do and there would not be a there wouldn't be a Shawn Michaels without this guy yep and I would go out on a limb and this is probably another conversation for another day John Mm -hmm. there would not an Attitude Era or a Mr. McVa- Mr. McMahon without a Bret Hart. When you go around the houses and you look at those sliding door moments, the importance of this guy in the business to how it's how it looks now and how it looked from 1996, 1997 onwards, there would not be a lot of that stuff without this guy. And I will die on that fucking hill. So do you, <laughs> I, do you think the refusal for him to drop the belt was the inception of McMahon? I, I don't think the, the refusal of it, I think the way that all yeah, yeah. happened, the way it all went down, like it, it, there was, you can argue about who was right and who was wrong. They were both right and they were both wrong at the same time. Like I, I understand both points of view, yeah. but the way that that happened and how it went down, and then the X amount of time after that, that shaped. That was a sliding door moment in the industry in the business, and that was probably the sole reason that the WWE won the quote-unquote Monday Night War is because of that yeah. moment. And Bret Hart's got one of the biggest impacts on the business ever. And he was a champion at the time. He was he was running around. He was doing all that. We, we talk about not um, uh, sort of drawing money. Um, in America, he, nobody was drawing money. In Canada and overseas, in the UK and Europe, the Middle East, Bret Hart was absolutely Massive. killing it. He was yeah. making hand over fist with this money. I think it's just... The the Time. the wrestling business in America at the time wasn't wasn't prepared or wasn't sort of in a position to take that really. Yeah. So yeah. Do you think he would That's have been number six to me? Do you think he would have been massive in like the old school territories in the US? I I think he would have been a a great wrestler, a territory wrestler. Um, whether he would have been a great NWA champion, I don't know. But when you look at the list of people and the attributes yeah. that you had to have as an NWA champion. Probably yes, and he lived that life. He lived that. You know what I mean? Like this guy was, yeah. he was, he lived that that kayfabe life almost. Um, sort of ninety nine percent of the time. Love the gimmick, um, right? He lived the gimmick, yeah. And, he, and he's, you look at some of the, the best matches in that period, that that mid nineties period, sort of ninety three to nineteen ninety six. They're they're all gonna have Bret Hart in them, um, and like I said, a lot of them were title matches like this guy this guy was incredible he was a great champion a great champion i don't put him you, you mentioned earlier on we were talking about you talking about the smaller guys if that makes sense mm-hmm. i understand he's a smaller guy I, I get it um i don't put him in the same conversation as eddie guerrero 
I think his really? yeah, I think I think his his persona, um, the way that he was put over, like Bret Hart, he worked to get there. Oh, I'm not taking that away at all. He worked to get there, but Eddie Guerrero fucking fought to get to where he had to get, like to get to, to be able to even be in that conversation. He fought so fucking hard to get to where he was. With Brett, he worked his way there, and I and, and I don't think it's the same conversation. You look at those guys around the time, and I can get what you're saying. You had the, the Hulk Hogan's probably mm. just not that far off, but you look at those guys who were in the mix in 1993 when Hart won the title. You've got your your Mister Perfects or your your Ric Flair's. He was you know what I mean like he won the title yeah. from, from Flair, right? So they weren't they weren't these big fucking meaty, beefy Hulk Hogan's or Ultimate Warriors or when Eddie was around, like, Brock was there, like, Hogan was there, Triple H, Batista, like, all these big, massive guys. I, I don't think the conversation is quite the same with Brett than it is with is with Eddie. Um, and I think the industry was going in a really, a really horrible direction. You look at the, 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 the talent that was coming in with Eddie, you had those big guys, those... I mean, like you had those those bigger guys who were being brought in from OVW or whatever. Like, oh, this is what we want. Eddie changed the mold, changed it. Uh, it's a different conversation for me. Bret Hart there's because because of what he did for the business and and him being a champion. Eddie's there for what he done for the business for me. Interesting. Okay. Yep. I love the justification, Hoxie boy. I love the justification. Yep. Okay, uh, we're going on number to number six, six for me. Yep. Is it's someone you've already mentioned is Triple H for me? Is number six. Uh, okay. Basically, I can't argue with anything you said. Best heel in the business at a certain point. He definitely is, you know, trained by Killer Kowalski. Uh, he, he knows the industry. I think what also we've got to remember is, well, two main things is I believe that DX was the first real stable of the Attitude Era in terms of the, the change of it. You know, you had, you had certain things that were happening in terms of the stables like the... Um, the Heart Foundation, etc. They were still there, but in terms of proper attitude era, DX and Triple H was a huge proponent of that, right? I think yep. that's got to be remembered. They were one of the reasons why it accelerated so much the attitude era, because it was just so different. Um, and then obviously the DX changed into the sort of comedy side of it, and again Triple H's comedy work is so underrated as well in terms of the wrestling business. I think he... He's just so quick. He's very quick fire. I think it's just a natural sort of, it's a natural comedic timing, which I think is really really cool. Um, but yeah, but his best work, go just revisiting it, is definitely his heel work. And I think it was heel work at a time where WWE didn't actually have decent heels at that time. I mean, they had obviously the yep. baby faces, but he sort of took that stereotypical ball and ran with it. You know, it's just. Yeah, he just exuded something. And I think, obviously, if if you think about where it goes, if you, if you take Stephanie out of it, you know, there would be no hesitation people would have in the top ten. But it's this whole, he married Steph, he's, he's yeah. married, he's went into the business. You know, it's just bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's... and You wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for her or whatever. Exactly. Bullshit. I mean, you what you've got to think as well, if it wasn't for the curtain call, he was in line for a massive push anyway. You know, so people you saw would, the talent. You would have won the King of the Ring when Stone Cold won it. Exactly. So think how different yeah. the business would have been then. Some yeah. crazy shit, right? And I mean, if crazy you look at the state shit. of the business just now, I mean, you 
you know, Vince has been sort of shifted to the side of creative and the creative under Triple H is so much better. So he knows the business, he knows the wrestling business because he's one of the boys, right? I say he's one of the boys, right? This is, again, another conversation we'll have probably in a different podcast. We're not talking the Bucks, one of the boys. He is, you know, he's been on the front line. He's been, he's been a main event talent. You know that's the difference. Um, so yeah, for me, and was, he was and he was trained in in the ways of the of the that sort yeah. of old school mentality that 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 just the way the way wrestling was for a long time. The rate, in my opinion, as well, the way the way wrestling should be. Right, that yep. territory mentality is it. He gets it's it there. He gets he, it. He just gets it. it. Great um, mind for the business. Great mind. Um, do you know what I liked about him as a heel? Just really quickly, mm-hmm. he did cheat. He cheated. Yep. Heels nowadays, the heels want to be cool heels. They, they want to be the cool kid. Like he was a cheater. He had no issues in taking the easy way out, or just, you know I mean, the the, the 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 screw, the double cross, whatever you want to call it. He cheated, and that's what heels should do. And he was so good at it. Yeah, him. that's the thing. So I think good. that that's what gives them the heel heat, though, right? It's like you say. He, he didn't have to because he, he, he was a big boy. <laughs> you know, it's like yep. he didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could legitimately yep. kick fuck out of you without even thinking about it. But he went for the easy option, which, you know, I think the only person that is getting that is MGF. I think he's, you know, again, this is a different podcast altogether, but MGF for he, me is currently the best. You can have this listening. conversation. Yeah, he's not even close. You, you know, could pick not. him up, put him in any time within the wrestling business ever. Yep. From when it was a, from when it was at the carnivals, from when it was a work shoot, from when it was you whatever, you pick that guy up, you put him anywhere in history, and he will be the biggest star or one of the biggest stars in history. He is incredible. incredible. That's a different podcast. That's a different time. Right. Yep. Okay. Before we move on to yep. the number five positions, <laughs> we are going to have a little segue. It's going to be a little thing that we have in the middle of our top ten lists, and it's called the Royal Fumble. <laughs> Royal Fumble. Okay, so the Royal Fumble is when we talk about certain things in the business, be it today's business or business of the past, where stuff has went wrong and it's a decision that we think shouldn't have been made. Am I right, Hoxie? Is that that premise of yes. Royal Fumble? Yeah, could be a could be a mess up, could be a botch, could be a stupid decision, could be somebody saying something silly, could be whatever. Um, just someone who has quote unquote dropped the ball. Or something has happened to drop the ball. Definitely. Do you the honest, mate? Uh, no, no. Well, I think me and Hawksy deliberated. What's going to be the first one? You know, it, it's got to be something that's happened in the rec- recently. You know, it's, it's something that's happened very, very recently in the wrestling business. And well, I think Hawksy, after after you, my friend, what, what what is the biggest royal fumble of the recent past? <sighs> CM Punk. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be how how. How can a company, a promotion, uh, a group of people, a group of professionals, a group of executives, whatever, I don't know, whatever, however you want to term it, I don't, I I don't care, whatever you want to say, how can you mess up, fuck up, screw up as bad as AEW has just done with CM Punk? I, I can't. I when we could literally do a whole podcast on the where's and the why's and the hows and all that sort of stuff. Anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, go and read up on it. 
just go and listen to another podcast or whatever. They'll they'll be able to fill you in with all the, the hows and the whys or whatever. But I don't understand how this can happen, John. It, like you can be I, the biggest <sighs> asshole under the sun. He draws you fucking money. It's like what what are you what are you doing? I mean, it, it, it's it, essentially what they've There's, done is they have backed Jungle Boy over CM Punk because Jungle Boy is one of the the boys of the Bucks. That's what it comes down to. So yeah, so the elite. It, it's all started with that with that elite. Yeah. It's the us versus them or me versus them mentality of. They like to to sniff their own farts, and they think they're a lot better and a lot bigger than what they actually are. They need to wake up and probably smell their own farts and realize that they don't smell as rosy as they think they once did. Um, when you have a CM Punk, when you have a star, when you have a guy, you have a wrestler who is that good, who draws you that amount of money, who sells you that amount of pay-per-views, who gets you that amount of TV views, who sells you all the merch under the sun, who gets you mainstream media, who works with the the talent the way that he does, giving back to the business, the people who want to learn from somebody who has stood on top of the quote-unquote mountain. Like, you do not pass that up. You do not let that slide. You don't fuck that up. It, I... I'm a huge CM Punk fan anyway, and I'm not saying this from a fan. Part of me is frustrated because I am a fan, and I want to see him on my TV. I want to see him have matches. I want to see him have feuds. I want to see him do this amazing stuff that he does. I want him to paint these beautiful fucking portraits on this canvas every <laughs> single time he goes out there. Like I want him to do that. I don't understand how you can fuck this up so bad. It's insane. I, I know... You've got the books who are on the who are on the fucking like the executives and they're on the board or whatever. You've you've got guys like Hangman Page who is their mate. You've got guys like Kenny who thinks he runs the gaff. Like when you are a star in any walk of life, strip this away from wrestling for a second, John. Okay, mm-hmm. you have high performing people in the workplace in a job in a. In a sales job, for example, I've experienced this in the past with 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 environments in which I've worked in. You have high performing people who aren't they don't function like everybody else. They they don't work like that. They don't come quote unquote conform to, to to different people's opinions. That's why they perform well because they are outside of the box. They think about things differently. They react to things differently. That's the way that they are. This is. A massive, massive, massive failing from the management. And the book, forgive the pun, I hate that. The book has to stop with Tony Khan. It has to stop with Tony Khan. He could have nipped this in the arse 18 months ago. The second Hangman Page walked back through the curtain after cutting that stupid business for himself off the cuff, unannounced promo on CM Punk, he should have kicked Hangman Page's ass all over the building, suspended him, dropped him down to the bottom of the card, whatever. Made an example of that situation. Had the conversation with the people who are involved in this and seen what's going on. What what What's going on here, guys? There's issue A, there's issue B. Somewhere in the middle, we need to find a solution. Somewhere in the middle is going to be the truth. You shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. Let's go make some money. 
you know who's done that for the last 40, 30, 40 years? Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. You think about how many people he has managed, how many issues he has managed, how many, how many sort of, we, we talked earlier on about the Bret Hart situation. Like you have all these crazy, crazy things that have happened in the wrestling business, in the WWE, the WWF, whatever. Vince McMahon has managed his way through it. If they haven't found a solution, what does he do? See you later. Mm-hmm. You're gone. Bye. If we, you, you, you've got A or B, let's try and do business. If we can't, you're going to go and find somewhere else to, somewhere else to play a trade. Like that's the way it works. If the issue was all with CM Punk, and that was the outcome. Fair, fair enough, but it wouldn't have got to where it got to now. And I just think it's crazy. It blows my mind. It makes me, it makes me sick to the pit of my stomach, knowing that we're missing out on great stuff, great stuff to happen in, in wrestling because we need it, right? Yeah, we need 100%. it. Well, that, that's the point I was going to make. And to, I, I like punk. You know, I, I like punk as much as the next guy. I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan as you are. I like. I appreciate what he does. But in terms of a wrestling fan, AEW were starting to become a legitimate, maybe not a threat to WWE, but a legitimate alternative to WWE. But yes. we're not talking about the flippy bullshit, right? You know, that, that that stuff, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, a legitimate story-based wrestling program, you know? And I'm not saying it's all down to punk, that they've got, they've got superstars there that, like, will... We'll carry that on. Obviously, we've got Adam Copeland moving into that now. That's absolutely fine. But they had like da- uh, Brian Danielson. They had MGF, as we've talked about before. Like Adam Cole to some extent as well. You know, he, he gets it. He's. I, I think he's trying to step away from the box. That's my opinion, but that's, that's by the by. Yes. But Punk was the sort of the beacon on top of that. I mean, they, they created the new show for him when he came back. Right. Yeah. It's like. Yep. It's like. So it, it just shows that. And how good got, was it, by the way? How good was that show? It was ridiculous. It was ridiculously good. Yep. I, I mean, look at the ratings now. I mean, they are tanking. They're they're going down slowly but surely. You know, and I, is it's that just a rinse and repeat of a Wednesday. That's all it is. Well, they've got the it. same faces on the Saturday show than they had on the Wednesday show with zero. The Wednesday show is like, nothing. Hovering at eight hundred and fifty thousand to nine hundred and fifty thousand every week, and it has been that way for ages and ages and ages. You had your Saturday show, just crazy. I think the, the first show was a million. Was it a million uh, yeah, people? Yeah. Stop me when I'm telling lies, guys. Okay, fucking bullshit. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry, mate. No, Go no, on. no. It's absolutely fine. I, I mean, <laughs> the worst story that I heard, though, uh, again, I don't know if it's true. This is allegedly that there was going to be a meeting between Punk, Volcan, the pu- uh, the the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, and CM Punk. Punk was yep. all ready to go for it, and the Bucks went, "I'm not meeting." We're not meeting. At what point does an employee dictate when they're meeting? That's when the that's when the head honcho should go. What are you talking about? You're going to this fucking meeting. It's like get yep. your arse there. Well, as as yep. you said before, what are the issues? Let's solve the issues. Let's make some money. And they didn't do that. And I think that's down to Tony Khan. Just, he wants to be one of the boys, you know. Yep. And you know, the, he wants to be everybody's about, friend, right? Yeah. There's stories about Vince wanting to be one of the boys. You know, he. he he could never make it as a wrestler, and you know, there's all that, st- all those stories. But when, when it came to it, he drew the line, yep. and business yep. was business, you know. And I don't think Khan's got that same acumen. But again, it's not his money; it's daddy's money, right? Yeah, well, that's just, what it comes down to. Just, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> hey So yes, I, that, that's the first royal fumble for the. I just think, just to not to put a bow on it, but just really quickly, I think if we take. 
I, I'm happy that we've got what we had. So that MJFC and Punk feud will go down as one of the best feuds in, in wrestling, in my opinion. When all, when all said and done, 20, 30 years down the line or whatever, we as wrestling fans will look back on that feud and just think, holy shit, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And the, the pain and sort of hurt that I feel by not being able to see more of that is is immeasurable for me. Um, <laughs> but I'm happy that we got it anyway, because there was probably there wasn't really much chance of this guy coming back to wrestling ever. Yep. Seven years without him, he's came back and give us what you had. I'm happy for that. But fuck me, guys. I don't understand. I don't understand how you can fuck it up so bad. That Jesus. pop was insane when he came back. Oh, mate. I still watch that. I still yeah, watch that. Yep. yep. And I agree with you that the MGF CM Punk feud was, is possibly the best storyline they've done in AEW. My yeah. personal opinion. But again, that's potential on our podcast as well. Yeah. Okay, going back to the list, that is our Royal Fumble for the first ever episode of Mark Out of 10. Okay, so I believe it's still my go, Hoxie Boy, yes, for my number five. So we're in the top five now. My number five. Okay, and my five and six. And to be fair, my, my top... My 10 to, 10 to 5 is probably interchangeable, okay? But these are the positions I locked in. And my number 5 is the great one. It's The Rock. Okay? Ooh. Okay. It's, now, in terms of wrestler, he, he went through the full journey as a wrestler, right? He went from a guy that was... The clean baby face that came in and got booed out the building, right? Die, Rocky, die, yeah? And then he transitioned into a heel in terms of the nation, the rock. He became the people's champ. He became, in my opinion, probably the most charismatic superstar in WWE ever. I think, if not, he's definitely in the conversation about top three at least. Um, he just exudes that confidence. He He's... For that time, you've got to remember the Attitude Era was the time where it appealed to the young, like the young teens, right? So for potentially those teenagers that didn't have the confidence, you know, that were a bit weedy, that, you know, they just didn't have any confidence. But he just exudes so much charisma and so much confidence. He, he, he spoke to a generation similar to what Bruno did in New York in terms of the working class, getting them in the doors. He did the same for the the younger generation that potentially didn't have that confidence i mean i, I can remember at school it's like how how many times walking down the corridor you hear like know your role shut your mouth you know um just bring it all all these catchphrases i mean you could speak to anybody about the rock and they'll, they'll have the catchphrases um yep. i would say when austin took his ball and went home rocky picked up the ball and he ran with it you know he, he picked up that mantle and he became like, as big a star as Austin, you know? Granted, not at Austin's peak, but Rocky is in that conversation, you know? And, you know, he headlined WrestleMania after WrestleMania with Stone Cold, the greatest WrestleMania match in terms of crowd participation, Rock and Hogan, you know? For me, one of the best WrestleMania matches ever, you know, yeah. just in terms of swiveling the, the crowd on a sixpence. Again, another people, future podcast. People shit on that match and they say, oh, play it with mute, mute it, and watch it with a mute on. No, that's not wrestling. I don't want to watch it with a mute on. <laughs> What's the fucking point in that? Like, I agree with you. 
one of the best matches ever in history. Not even close. Incredible. And Carry for on. me, Sorry in terms of we're talking about impact on the business, yep. if we're talking about wrestling, I think his work speaks for himself. You know, multiple time um, WWE champion, yep. um, as I say, charisma, all that jazz. But in terms of WWE <laughs> as a business, he is yeah. the reason there is that connection to Hollywood. You know, he is the reason why WWE is no longer seen as this hokey wrestling company, but as a global entertainment company. You know, he is you that reason. He's probably the first true crossover star. Yes, I would say so. I mean, obviously, there'll be arguments in terms of Hulk Hogan um, doing Suburban Commando and stuff, but it didn't have the same impact. It's you know, not the same impact. Hogan, Hogan no, didn't have the longevity in, in Hollywood, you know. Yep. Um, you know, Rock is a legitimate billionaire himself. You know, he's... I mean, the rumors about running for president. Right? You know, <laughs> run for president. It's like, what the fuck is that? He'd probably fucking win as well. Might, yeah. You know, I, I just think he's got to be definitely in top five in this type of conversation. I think, yeah, I, I can't think of any reason as to why you wouldn't have him on a list. But again, I what what do you think? What do you think about his his comeback in twenty eleven, twenty twelve, or whatever? in the title you know what I mean what what do you think that was a good thing do you think that was a bad thing I think it was a necessary thing for the business because it was necessary yeah okay. I think so I, I don't I don't think at that time the the WWE didn't have an alternative in terms of their champion you know I think the booking was it was stagnant it needed it needed an injection of something and you know why not inject it with the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, you know, to, to, to quote the great man himself. Um, yeah, I think the only way that will be forgotten about, because it, it does get shat on, you know, in terms of he should never came back, he should never won the title, blah, 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 which it's fair enough everybody's entitled to their opinion. I personally think it was necessary, but I think if he came back now, I think that would be worse than when he did. Than when it was back then. Yeah. I think okay. him versus Roman is it's too late. I think it's a year too late potentially. But again, that's something we can discuss later on. They they had the discussion, didn't they? Yeah. He was on the Pat McAfee show and they said they had a handshake agreement on it being last year. Yeah. Is it Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Um I probably agree that it's a year too late. Um I think there was a lot of meat on the bone for a storyline for the old bloodline and throwing obviously the rocks. I mean, he's the Samoan heritage in the in the mix and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, thing is, I, think I, I, I don't think have, it's going to happen have, now. Because there, of, uh, so he would have had to have been there for a long time. It's not just like a oh yeah, it's going stand and point at the WrestleMania fucking logo and I'll see you there in like six months or whatever. Like you would need to build it. Um. And I don't, I don't think it probably would have had the capacity to do that. And I think The Rock is there for the, for the, for the pop, and that pop, sort man. of the one, the one shot, like the, 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 the one or two things. I think if he came out for six months, it probably wouldn't have the same shine as it would do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think it is that nostalgic pop, isn't it? I mean, and I think it's. It shows how weak the business is. That the fact that you can still get 
like a rock coming back, a stone cold, you know, the glass breaking, you've got the taker coming down with the gong and the place will go crazy. There, yeah. there, there's n- no one pulls in that now. Nope. You know, you haven't got any stars. Nah, there's no stars. None of them have been made. None of them, uh, none of them have been, none of them have grew like organically. Wrestling WWE's now is cookie cutter. It's, yeah, it's, it's too, it's too scripted. It's too, you, you are the, this is the way we're going to go, whether you like it or not. It's chosen. There's very, there's an argument for LA Knight at the minute, um, going from being Max Dupree or whatever he was mm. to, to coming back. Like, this will be another conversation probably for another day. <laughs> but what he's doing it now is, is absolutely incredible. But he's like the, he's one of one. You know what I mean? There isn't, yeah. there isn't anything else like that that's happening or has happened for a long time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan was probably the last time to have that sort of massive, huge wave of like, we need to make this happen. Like you had the guys who would, there's your mic, go and get yourself over, or we're going to put you in this position, get yourself over, do what you need to do, make the best of a bad situation, blah, blah, blah. Now it, there's 500 people on the fucking roster and they've got enough TV time for X amount of people and they just give them shit to do. Nobody can get themselves over when, They've got no personality. They've been given no personality, or they've got none. It's hard. It's the, hard. The biggest miss from WWE and and recently, I think, has been Bray Wyatt when he was in terms of the cult leader. They should yes. put they should put him on there because the fiend it was a great concept. Blah blah blah. You know that's that's fine, but it was just too hokey. It was just too gimmicky. Whereas that Bray Wyatt character, when you first saw him when he was sitting in the the rocking, the rocking chair, chair. I've got yeah. the whole world in my hands. It's just these guys. Like either side of him, yeah, it's just like, amazing. We're here. It's just, it, it was just so good, and they missed the ball completely with him. It, it was such a shame, you know. And but again, there's more podcasts coming, so we're going to be talking about yeah. that all the time. So yeah, Rocky, um, the the great one, the most electrifying man in all sports entertainment, is man number five, Foxy. Man, good man. So Over to you. we have. My number five now. Um, it was a bit of a toss-up between my number six and my number five. Mm-hmm. Um, I only chose this guy at number five for his quote-unquote second run. This is what put him over the edge for me. Um, my number five is Shawn Michaels. Okay. Um, he is either one or one A. For the best in ring mm-hmm. wrestler yep. ever, um, he's he's on that conversation. A lot of people's conversations with it's either him or Ric Flair. Um, depends on what kind of mood I am I'm in, or what kind of day it is, or which way the the wind's blowing. Is he's either my one A or one uh, one with with Flair anyway. So um, he was the first guy really to quote-unquote, be that sort of smaller guy to be able to... So It's a very similar <laughs> justification than why my number 10 is Eddie Guerrero, if you know what I mean. It's yeah, a yeah, different yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, to have a title and to just be this unbelievable, incredible worker, this amazing guy who's like nobody had seen matches at a champion, like a world championship level, like he had before, 
in WWE or in wrestling, probably. They were always the bigger guys. They were always these these the bear hugs for five minutes and the fucking kick out leg drop, you know what I mean? Booyah, like that's what it was for a very, very long period of time. And for this guy to come in and, and just be the champion, be that heartbreak kid, be that that heel and just come in and just do all that mad stuff. Just it was just incredible. Um just absolutely incredible winning winning the championship for the for the first time like just getting that Royal Rumble win and and just being absolutely incredible in these unbelievable matches with Brett like the Iron Man match like the the draw you know what I mean like for these yeah. titles and just to have him come out and and be this incredible champion and just have some amazing matches with guys like like Sid like Psycho Sid Sid Vicious whatever having these title matches with this guy who he just—he wasn't there really. He was there to make a bit of money, like because it wasn't softball season. You know what I mean? He just wanted to come in and, and do a bit, and just to go out there and bump and feed for this guy. And the unbelievable matches he had with Taker, like the other Taker, like just, yeah. just incredible. The first, uh, the first Hell in the Cell. Yep. Um, a Bad Blood, just, just incredible matches, and he became the. He was the first Grand Slam champion was, in history, yeah. if I can remember rightly. So he was incredible. And then obviously coming back after doing his backing and coming back and just having a run. I know it's a different title, um, but just coming back and just having these incredible runs and these incredible matches. He's one of the best ever, if not the best ever, to ever do it. Uh, take away all of the shit, all the personal yeah, stuff. Yeah. We're talking about wrestling and all that. Just he was, he's incredible. Um, I, I was... This was a real big sort of fight in my mind as to where he was going to sit. Yeah, uh, the top five for me was so hard. It was so hard, mate. Um, there isn't really like a, a a really unbelievably big reason why he's probably not a little bit higher. I probably could have put him number four for me, um, but I settled on five just because of a couple of other reasons, obviously which I'll go into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Shawn Michaels is just yeah incredible. Shawn for me was one that I was wrestling with from the get-go because for me top 10 of all time you yeah know? but in terms of champion i think it's very similar to the kurt angle thing for me okay you know it's like yeah i just think if you think of a wwe champion i, I he's not the first name that goes that I go to that makes sense it's like in terms of performer, if you ask me one of the best wrestlers of all time, hundred percent agree with you. It's a lock, Shawn Michaels, right? You know, yeah. so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I didn't put him on because it was best champion of WWE. If it was best wrestler, he'd he'd be much higher on my list as well. He'd be like definitely top two anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. To him disagree. carrying that title through that mid nineties period and then dropping it to Stone Cold, you can't put him up there and. In a top nah, ten conversation, nah. wow, nah. wow, and it, it, it hurts. It really does hurt me. You know, like I, I love Sean. Honestly, I, I do love HBK, um, and I agree with. You. I think his second run when he comes back from injury is so good, and the storyline he to tells with like Triple H, like when they think he's going to like reform DX, Triple H hits him with the sledgehammer. He's in the wheelchair, and I'll always mm -hmm. remember this. It's like in WWE New York, and he's in the wheelchair. And JR's interviewing him, how's the rehab going? And he and he 
like sits up, he, he stands up from the wheelchair and he, you know, he does the HBK gimmick and it's like, oh, fuck, just that's so good. And there's a bit of it, he goes, you know, it's like, I could be coming down the ramp, I could be coming from the ceiling, I could be coming from under the ring, over the ring. And 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 the next again, we can raw, he does it because Triple H is like in a, 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 a casket match or something. And tri- and HBK comes out the casket and jumps in, in the, the ring from under the ring. It's just like, I just think his mind for the business is so good. And again, if you think about what he's doing in NXT just now, it's like, he, he's just so good. I'm so glad that, you know, we hear so many bad stories in the wrestling industry in terms of people that have the demons, you know, and it yeah. doesn't go well. You know, he is a lucky, lucky boy. Um, so, but yeah, you know, we are going to do one best of all times. Who who do you think is the best? And for me, Sean's going to be on that list. But for champion, unfortunately, didn't make my list. I can't believe that. Sorry. I can't believe that. I know. I feel Sorry. sick. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. This might be the only episode of Mark Out of 10. Hoxie, I'll never speak to me again. <laughs> okay. Okay, Hoxie, you're number four. I'm not sure I want to carry on, mate, if I'm honest with you. I feel that's absolutely ridiculous he didn't get on to the top ridiculous. 10. Ridiculous. That's mad. That's ridiculous. Um, okay, let me compose myself for a second. So, my, my, my number four is, um, like I said, this sort of, the top four for me was, was difficult. Maybe one and two was probably a bit easier, but the top four for me was really difficult. Um, my number four is John Cena. So I just think, obviously, if you look at the amount of titles he's won, just ridiculous. And I know everyone says, oh, well, to win it that many times, you have to lose it that many times, whatever. I don't give a fuck about that. It's wrestling, it's work, trying to put logic to an illogical fucking situation. (laughs) But this guy... Um, we, we talk about you mentioned about The Rock being the first sort of major breakout star, that crossover star. Um, I think John Cena's number two. Um, we're not talking obviously talking about his championship, but to be that popular and to be that over, to be able to do that crossover says a lot about him and sort of gives him his legitimacy as a worker and as a champion. He was always in the championship picture from when he first got that belt. Um, that the Doctor of Thugonomics, like the, <laughs> the feud he had with fucking Big Show and Bradshaw, and and uh, you look at the the amount of guys that he's had these these title runs with or these these feuds with. So you got Big Show, you've got obviously Bradshaw, like JBL. You've got Edge, Van Dam. You look at that fucking. That, that one night only match like with Van Damme and I, there's, there wasn't many people in the business or have been in the business ever that would have been able to get that reaction and incite that reaction from that crowd. Yep. yep. I know it was a hostile crowd and it was an ECW crowd and it was a, you know what I mean? It was whatever RVD, if he was in there with anyone from the WWE, but I don't think anyone could have got that level mm-hmm. than, than, than John Cena. Um, obviously the stuff with, with Randy Orton is I, I'm not a massive Randy Orton fan. Um, hmm. it, this is probably where we'll fall out at some point down the line, but um, I don't get it. Really don't get it. I think he's an arrogant, ignorant prick most of the time. Probably got a little bit better in his later years, but that's by the by. But the, the, the feud he had, that, that back and forth title change with, with Randy Orton was just insane. 
to to do what he does with the um make a wish stuff mm-hmm. um to to headline these pay-per-views to make all this money like the amount of money they made we talk about the rock and cena having that match at wrestlemania like one of the most like the biggest drawing cards ever and you can't say it was for the undercard there might have been a couple of things on there or whatever but yep. that was it was for the rock and cena right like yeah the, the stuff coming out of that when he when he went with that stuff with Lesnar, I know it necessarily wasn't the champion at the time, but you have all these amazing feuds, these amazing runs, making all of this money, making all the merch money, the stuff he did for the troops, like the tribute to the troops shit. Like this guy has to be in the conversation of Mount Rushmore for wrestlers ever, just from drawing power, just from the business. He changed the way the business worked. He put it onto a completely different level and a different plane. And you can say that about the, the wrestlers or the or the show or whatever. When the title is on that main guy, that's who that focus is on. Yeah. And you stick your rocket to that guy's back. If it takes off, brilliant. If it doesn't, then we've seen it in, in the past. Like Things change, right? Yeah. People don't get the belt. It gets given to somebody else, whatever. And that match, that Money in the Bank match, um, Money in the Bank pay-per-view of CM Punk, Fuck me. One of the best matches ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. And John Cena just, he gets a lot of grief. He gets a lot of shit from being this guy who can't work and can't wrestle, whatever. A, you don't need to be able to wrestle if you're as good at telling a story than he is. Yep. And he is massively underrated as a worker. Hugely underrated. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can do a fucking Vernon Schneewitz double fucking flip indie or whatever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I want to shout at someone, or I want to scream at someone, or I want to boo at someone. Yep. Boos and yays are better than oohs and ahs, mate. I would I'll agree. 100% yeah, so for that, me, that's a t-shirt right there. John Cena. John Cena's number four for me. All day, every day. Incredible. Probably a little bit annoyed I didn't put him any higher, but there we go. Yep. Yeah. Cena's number four. Fair dues. Sounds good. I like, <laughs> the, I like the cut of your jib. Um, I'm glad I got that out of the way without just going back to the Shawn Michaels thing. I can't believe that, John. <laughs> can't believe that. Incredible. Uh, Look at well, the list. I'm looking. I've, I've been writing your list so down that, as I'm going yeah. through. I can't <laughs> believe it. To be fair, most of our list is matching up. Um, man number four. It's not bad, right? It's not yeah, it's bad. not bad at all. Man number four is probably down to just pure favoritism. He probably doesn't deserve <laughs> to be as high up as this. But like a Kurt Angle or like a Shawn Michaels. Angle alone, there, right? Right? You've already knocked him. Just leave <laughs> Kurt alone, right? Um, Matt. Man number four is it's Taker. You know, I think for for every reason that you said, and just the fact that I fucking love him. <laughs> you know, it's like I just You're think take a mark, mate. I'm You're a Taker take a mark, mark, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Same here. Absolutely I'm nothing wrong with higher. that. Um, yep. You know, I, I think a lot of our lists are, could be interchangeable. I think positional wise, I think we're, we're very similar. Um, but yeah, Taker for me is just like you say, the cornerstone. Like you said, he's a cornerstone of the business. You know, he's he, he's a guy that you know he he wanted it, and you know he, he what what was the story? It was like he was looking to get he was looking to get trained, and he was going to the gym looking to speak to one of the wrestlers, and he was sitting outside. He was sitting out there for days on end, and you know until just somebody came up and goes, "You're right, kid," and he goes, "Yeah, I'll look to get a wrestler." And he goes, "Look, go and speak to him," and that's how he essentially got into like training for wrestling it was just you know it, it, 
and he's an all-round nice guy as well. If you, you hear him now, and I love the fact he has, and this sounds really bittersweet, but I love the fact he's retired now and you can actually hear Mark Calloway talk as opposed to Undertaker. Yeah. Because hearing yeah. the stories is just... Do you not think so that's good. weird, though? Do you not think it's weird? Because he, like, lived his whole life as this gimmick. Like, even just... back then, like, kayfabe was to him. So, like, when I see him on a podcast now... It... It, it makes me feel out. really weird. It's it, so strange. Yeah, it freaks it's so me out. Strange. But what what I love about it is, <clears throat> you know, we we're talking about this sort of cheap pop, you know, of rock coming back and Stone Cold coming back. I love the fact yeah. that now he is Mark Calloway and he can sort of do the, you know, American badass gimmick. He doesn't need to like yeah. put the mask yeah. on and rest in peace and all that. But you know, because he's just cool man I just don't care he's just cool he's cool as fuck right that's he's why cool he's number fuck, four right. that's it not man number four Undertaker because he's cool as fuck right that's he's it he's cool as fuck there that's we it. go <laughs> see, see Hoxie's reasons for details you know um, yeah 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 fucking just rewind him. back a little bit or so just good. yeah yeah listen at another time yeah okay, I like so that my number three is John Cena again you, you, you stole my thunder Mr. Hawks you stole so close my right it's there just, or thereabouts, isn't it? There or I thereabouts. He he carried the company for well over a decade. You know, he's. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to repeat everything he said. And again, it goes back to this sort of cheap pop. It's why is he brought back? You know, people are saying, oh, he's brought back. He's he's stifling their stars. And I think he said it best himself in that uh, promo with Roman Reigns. I think it was in 2017 where he said to Roman Reigns, you should be ashamed, I'm a part-timer, because I do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Never do it full-time. You know, yep. and never a truer word is spoken. He, <laughs> you know, he is... And, and to be fair, that lit the fire under Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns is he's very, very good now. You know, in terms of his heel work just now, is very, very good. He's, he's not on my list, just, just FYI, he's not top two, just, just saying. Um... But he's nowhere fucking near mine. Nowhere mate. near. <laughs> yeah. In terms of longevity, you you'd have a discussion, but he wasn't even in my discussion, even as an honourable mention. Um, but yeah, Cena for me. I, to be fair, I didn't even think of the Make a Wish type things. It's like that's an excellent point, and it goes back to what you said about Bruno. He lived life as the champ, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, the, the selfish bit of me would have loved to see him turn heel. You know, I would love to see it, but I think he he recognised the sort of impact he was having in sort of young people's lives, and I don't think the heel turn would have worked, or no. it would have. It would have worked for the business. It would have worked for everybody who was thinking, "Holy shit!" It was the the Hogan point. He's... But I think if Hogan was doing Make a Wishes constantly back then, he probably would have thought twice of not. Well, actually, with Hogan, he would have made all the money he possibly could. So I'll scrap honest, that. I, I don't even <laughs> think it would have worked for the business because I just think the time was just all wrong. It wasn't that sort of. It wasn't that. Doctor Thugonomics would not work. No. no. You know what I mean? If it was like the later different part world, of the attitude right? era, it was a, it's a totally different. It's yeah. a totally different era for me. Yeah. You know, as a selfish, because he's entertaining <laughs> as fuck, right? Let's be honest. John Cena is entertaining, and, and like you say, booze and yes, right on the mic, you know, right in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. stories. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he's amazing. Just, just so good. And I think he, and I agree with you. I think he would definitely be in the discussion on the Mount Rushmore. Whether he would get in is a different matter because there are a whole host of people you can put probably ahead of him. But he's mm-hmm. definitely up there with a, with a shadow of a lie. He's like fucking. He's so good. Sixteen so good. time, sixteen time heavyweight champion. Yep, incredible. Insane. Thirteen 
13, yeah, 13. There we go. 13 WWE Championships. Three World Heavyweight Championships. It's 13 time WWE Champion. It's incredible. Insane. Incredible. Yeah, but he's, he's obviously lost it 14 times. Fuck off. Oh, it's the Getting three moves of doom. Five move this. And watch a fucking young bitch match. <laughs> match and have a fucking wank. See you later. <laughs> okay, Mr. Hawks, we're back over to you. Your number three for top ten best WWE champs ever. My number three um, is The Rock. Fair enough. Um, just, I can't really add much um, to what you said in, in terms of in terms of sort of what you, your justification really but just when you look at the champ the champions and I know he didn't hold it very long he wasn't necessarily on top for very long either it was a few years four four, four years is that yeah um but it was that probably the biggest if not the second biggest boom period in the business um you have the Rock and Stone Cold, who who are generational talents, and you had them both at the same time. You cap- captured lightning in a bottle twice, <laughs> like at the same time, one after the other. That just doesn't happen. Um, and for them to both be as over and to get over and to be as good as they were, uh, and The Rock being one of those guys, he has to be in this conversation. The amount of money that he made, the amount of money that he drew, the amount of merch that he sold, like... We're not looking at 16-time champion or whatever. We're looking at X amount, whatever he won, probably three or four, whatever it was. Like, but this guy was incredible, absolutely incredible. He knew what he wanted to do. He had it, all of it, mm. all of it. There wasn't. It, there was it dripping off him that people were trying to grab hold of, and he still had enough. You know what I mean? He was incredible. As a champion, he was unbelievable. As a face, as a heel, insane. Just incredible feuds incredible matches um just the guy yeah number three for Easy. me it's, it's the journey right it's the case of it was like it was die rocky die Die rocky die yeah you know yeah. getting booed out of madison rocky square Garden, Maivia. <laughs> you know getting booed <laughs> out of msg hair. it's like I, I don't think there's in today's business i don't think there's anybody that could survive that which just no. shows his his absolute drive and determination i think it helps the fact he is like the, the third generation you know just like yeah and, and his dad probably he was the chosen him. one as well really yeah. to a certain degree which is yeah. a good thing and uh, i think vince had a lot owed to to the family to the samoans but i i agree there's there's not that many people not that many people who would have been able to do it at all you look at um you look at it was um but the high, I think it's the highest rated segment in WWE or WWF mm-hmm. was him doing the, um, the what is it? That TV show, This Is Your Life, with him and Mick Foley. Yep. Like, that says a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that says a lot. That like, he was, people wanted to watch him. People wanted to see him. People wanted to see what was going on. Pay per view buys are up. TV segments are up. Like, the guy was the guy, man. He was the guy. He really was. Incredible. Yeah, he's up there. He's going to be on the, uh, the Mount Rushmore conversation as well. Obviously, we're getting higher up to the greatest champions ever in the biggest company ever. Like, yeah, they're, they're to always be. going to be in that conversation. But 
The, the Rock Man, number three. Easy. Easy top three for me. Yep. Okay, so we're going into top two positions now. I, I'm going to hazard a guess. I think we potentially could have the same top two. The same top know. two? It, does it depend which way around it's going to be? There could so, be a very... Oh, we'll wait and see. So you're number two. I was expecting us to be kicking off. The only thing we've kicked off about is Shawn Michaels. Like I, I just I can't believe he's not on here, mate. I know, John, I, I know, I know. Seriously, mate. I can't, I can't believe we've got Eddie Guerrero in yours. I mean, I'm fucking. It's like fucking hell. Okay, uh, your number two, Hoxie, is my number two is Hulk Hogan. Ditto. So is mine. The real American. Yep. For him to. We could probably do this both at the same time. We could yep. have a discussion about this if we're both going for number two. Yep. There is probably nobody ever in the history of wrestling who affected the business as much as this guy. Yeah. Do you agree? A hundred percent. He is the person, in my opinion, that made it sports entertainment. He, yep. he changed he the business, right? A bona fide, a bona fide star of a generation and it's a generational it transcends generations everybody know who knows who hogan is if you ask the littlest kid just now it, it, everybody knows i mean you could ask my grand you could ask lc shore you know and she would know who hulk hogan is you know that that's yeah. that's the point and yeah 100 the, the, the average man in the street or the average woman in the street whatever you can you mentioned wrestling in this country you're either going to get Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, or you're going to get Hulk Hogan, right? Yep, 100%. Yep. Yep. Jeez. The amount of money that this guy made at the top, um, every single wrestler wanted to work on the same cards that he was working on. Every wrestler, every heel from that heel monster factory wanted to be with him and work with him to make all the money. Uh, the big boss man, um, I think the big boss man went from from earning like five hundred dollars a night to earning like five to ten thousand dollars a night, yeah. working with Hulk Hogan at the top of the card when he was feuding with him in the late eighties, right? Like it's just the the amount of money that this guy had. Obviously, the length of title run um, that this guy had. Like he was. Let me quick. I think it's six time, five or six time. Um, six, I think, isn't it? Six time. Uh, one thousand four hundred and seventy-four days. Um, it's just insane, and also you can't sleep on that WrestleMania eighteen into that Backlash pay per view when he won the title from Hulk uh, from from uh, Triple H. Mm -hmm. That that next run, like to go away for that long, he left WWF in nineteen ninety three. My memory serves. Mm -hmm. so he was in WCW ninety three. Left. To be away for ten years doing what all all the shit he was doing, eleven, whatever it was, nine, ten years. Yep. To come back and probably be more over than he was when he left. Yeah. Well, I say probably more. He was people were getting bored of the pose and weren't they? Hogan must pose. They were getting bored of all that shit. For him to come back then, go out there, have that match with the rock, they call that audible as the baby face, the heel swap. Like mm -hmm. the, the the psychology change, and then for Vince, fair play to him to see the money in Hogan. Then at forty odd years old and broken down and being away for that long, then to give him that title and for him to do what he did, just insane, this absolutely the, insane. This is the flip side to Cena in terms of the heel turn. There, it's like you know that this is the point where you know for all Vince's flaws, Vince is a genius. He saw 
he saw the cash. You know, he he, he identified with Cena the heel turn yep. might work in terms of a business yep. proposition. But for Hogan, the red and yellow coming back was always going to make money. You know, it's Get like the bow around. You, you want know, to see that red and yellow boy? Everybody wants to see it. It's it, yeah, Hogan for me is just, and I think to do two turns. You know, in terms of, I'm talking when he went from the red and yellow to the black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, when he went to WCW, no one expected that heel turn. You know, that could have went horribly, did. horribly wrong. You know, but, side is the arm. Well, Worst it. call in history. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, it's like he he played that gimmick, and and even now, it's like when you when you see him, it's he's still got. The black beard, you know, he he still can he still can turn on a sixpence if he needed to, which I think is really really clever. But yeah, yeah. I think Hogan is a lot. Again, we have that conversation about Mount Rushmore. He's got to be on there. He's got the to Rock and Wrestling yeah. thing, mate. Like the the, the first WrestleMania, um, yep. like the Rock and Wrestling that crossover, like building that, getting onto the MTV. You know what I mean? All that shit with Cindy Lauper and just that the whole change in the way the business was presented. Vince McMahon knew what he wanted to do, but he never ever would have been able to do it if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's that is not up for debate in my opinion. People might say, "Oh well, that was such and such and no, it wouldn't have worked. It would not have worked. He was larger than life. He was yep. the character that say your prayers, take your vitamins, all that bullshit. There was nobody else in the world at that time who could have done what he did, and hundred percent changed the business forever." Change the business that, as the champion of the biggest company in the world, he's he, he ran he ran wild, brother. You know what I mean? He's that it's incredible, incredible. Let's just not talk about like the later part of his career. Let's just let's nah. put that to the side, right? Let's, nah. keep, posi- let's, nah. let's keep positive. <laughs> right, We're so talking about championship reigns, brother. <laughs> championship reign, brother. Uh, right, so that, that's just done 10 to 2. Okay, now... Do you have a quick we... recap? Do you have a uh, quick recap for yours and a quick recap for mine? Yep, okay, so I'll just run through mine from 10 to 2. Okay, so yep. my number 10 was Bruno Sammartino. My number 9 was Brock Lesnar. 8 was Kurt Angle. Can't believe you didn't like ah, Kurt Angle. Yeah, no. 7 was Brett. 6 was Triple H. 5 was Rocky. 4 was Undertaker. 3 was Cena. And number 2 was Hulk Hogan. And for you? Uh, number 10, Eddie Guerrero. Number 9, The Undertaker. Number 8, Triple H. It feels like when you're... <laughs> like, so, <laughs> number 7, Bruno Sammartino. Number 6, Bret Hart. Number 5, Sean Michaels. John? Sean Michaels? Number 4, John Chena. Number 3, The Rock. And number 2, same as you, Hulk Hogan. Brother... Now, we have said a lot, we've been wrestling with ideas of like who's going to make the top 10. And hey, we, we'll see what I did there. Um, hashtag content creator. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what we decided though is like we, we could go on forever. We decided we're allowed to have one honourable mention. Okay. Um, this so, was the hardest bit for me, John. This was the hardest bit for me. I can't. Oh, for, I still for, don't know. I've got them written down on this piece of paper in front of me. I still don't know. Right, tell you what, I'll I'll give you a chance to think about it, right? I'm going to give you mine, and this links into my number two, okay? Now... Right. I think I I know where you're going to go. I think without this character, without this person, our number two pick may not, I can't say he wouldn't have, but he may not have had the accelerated push that he did. I'm going with Sheiky Baby, Iron Sheik. 
Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. The Iron Holy Sheik, shit. in my opinion, was one of the best political heels ever. Right in terms of like you know you've got you've got the bad heels you you've got that but in terms of political in terms of that time timing of the Iron Sheik I think was genius and the fact that he was the perfect foil for the the baby faced Hulk Hogan you know he was you know say your prayers eat your vitamins you know he was the perfect person to topple the Iron Sheik and I think. In terms of the way the business went, I think it's a lot of it's down to Shiki and, you know, rest in peace, Shiki. But, you know, he lived that gimmick. He lived that feud up until the day he died. I'm going to make you humble, baby. You know, it's like... I'll break your back, make you humble. That's it. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know, it's like... Fuck, fuck you. You know, it's like... So, mate, yeah, my honourable mention oh, is Carl's the Iron Sheik. Serious made his way into the honourable mention section. Holy shit. Just for impact. Just for the... the the, the st- okay, I, I do you know what, mate? I I genuinely that's a blind side for me. I can understand what you're saying. Um, he didn't even get into any thought process of me through the whole of this. Nothing, nowhere near. To be fair, he wasn't on mine until until I looked until I looked it up in terms of like you know past W because we all know in, in terms of our era right we, we knew the champions yeah yeah but so what i did I, I went back in time and i looked and and when his name came up and i thought about the sort of the history of the title the history of the feuds etc I, I think yeah I, I think it was sort of left field and this is what i said to you before we started recording you know my honorable mentions a bit left field but i think my justification and again the viewers may cru- crucify me for it you may crucify me for it but i think I think the, I think the link is quite nice. I think it works. So we'll wait and see. Okay. okay. But Maya, if that's what you think, that's what you think, right? Not necessarily. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to sort of honourably mention all of these people, if that makes sense. Um, like, superstar Billy Graham, fucking Bob Backlund. Uh, Bob Backlund was on there. CM Punk, Macho Man. Uh, fuck me, like, I was Edge. even thinking, uh, Edge wasn't really there for me. Um, Edge is one of my favourite wrestlers. Yeah, fuck without a doubt. Off. There's no without shot. A doubt. Without a doubt. Um, that summer of punk, mate, that pipe bomb into that feud with, with Cena and all them lot, that summer of punk was, was fucking incredible. And I think that's better than anything Edge did. As WWE champion, anyway. All he did was fuck Lita or dry humper in a bed. I not really say much more than that. We won Ed, great Ed match. Edge had as a Cena's best feuds, though. It's, it's fucking the Punk feud pisses all over that for me. Not even close. Not even close. Take okay. Give me give me one great Edge match as WWE champion. Don't just say it, the match with John Cena. <laughs> Okay, yeah, fair dues. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, fair see, enough. yep. So, um, yeah, CM Punk was there. Fucking Macho Man was there. Macho. Um, for me, this is almost a little bit left field. But this is probably more of a a personal thing, mm-hmm. um, and also a if you sit down and actually think about it and realize all the stuff that this guy did as a champion. And changing the way the business is a little bit as well. Um, 
honorable my honorable mention is for Mick Foley. Ooh, okay. I think the oh I'll put butts in seats moment of him beating um of him winning the title on that raw episode and the whole story behind it and and everything. I just think Foley gets overlooked a lot when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I think he gets overlooked a lot as what it me what it meant to be a champion and what he sort of went through at the time. And I know you could say, oh, it wasn't clean, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, whatever. Just for me personally, like I love Mick Foley. I think he was an incredible mind, incredible wrestler, the the free faces of Foley, whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, just a little honorable mention. Like I didn't want to do it as like a oh, he had it for this amount of time or he had it for just for me, do you know you said because the Undertaker's cool yeah, yeah. and I fucking love the Undertaker or whatever. For me, <laughs> the honor of mention is is Mick Foley just because that fucking pop when he won that title and getting paraded around and just just winning that championship and I just think yeah that was a cool moment. One always, of the biggest mistakes WCW it. made, mate. Yeah, the, all those people that changed the channel they never fucking mm. came back. That's that was it. it. That was the end of the run, right? End of the sixty. It, it goes. It goes back to Taker as 83 well. Eighty-three weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Mankind yeah, was, other than Kane, I would probably say Mankind was Undertaker's greatest opponent, greatest feud. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. Bo- Boiler Room Brawl. Brawl was fucking just... Yeah, boy. Yeah. It's a mad shit. Big, big so, guy. A lot bigger than you'd think. Yep. Easily six foot four, six foot five. Yeah, yeah. Bring him in. It's a famous story move. about Mick Foley. Back in... Jim Ross, out of talent relations at the time, pushing and pushing and pushing for Mick Foley for ages and ages and ages. We need to bring in Cactus. We need to bring in Cactus. Vincent Mann said, okay, we'll bring him in. The only reason I'm doing it is because I want you to know what it feels like to get your heart broken by a talent. That's what Vincent McMahon <laughs> said to Jim Ross when he was when he agreed to sign off on Mick, uh, Mick Foley. <laughs> there you go. Oh. He was good, but he wasn't that fucking good old Vince, was he, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great shit. Damn. Cool. Nice. That. Brilliant. So there we have um, honourable mentions. Mick Foley, a, a, a <laughs> surefire, and me with the Iron Sheik, a left field choice. If you agree I, with I, that was so far, uh, that was the most surprising you didn't see it thing. You coming, tonight. did you? No. That was a swerve. That was a swerve, bro. That was uh, a swerve, bro. That's, that's what crazy. makes it interesting, right? As, lo- yeah, as long man. as you can justify right. it, that's why it's on the list. Okay, it's so we're down. It. Fuck it. We're down to the final one, and I'd be very surprised if we're not number one, if we're not the same here. Um, but I your believe... fucking Shawn Michaels not being on there, I can imagine somebody like fucking I don't know, Gilbert being on here for you at number one. I've got no Gilbert. fucking idea. <laughs> Who whose goes it? Mine, yours. Should we do three, two, one, and say it at the same time? Right, because okay. I think we're going to be there. Be, right. It's right. It's got but to if be. it's not, this is going to be fucking really awkward. <laughs> right, okay. Three. So, what are we doing? Are we doing three, two, one, then reveal, or three, two, and then reveal on one? Three, two, one, reveal. Okay. Three, two, one, Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to be, right? Yeah, man. It, the, there isn't really anybody else. Surely to God. No one, it could have Can't been. be anyone. I don't think you can argue about this one. Um, I think that people might, if, if they get involved in the old conversation on YouTube or whatever, wherever, I, I don't think, I really don't think you can argue about this at all. 
Don't get me wrong. I think one and two is very, very close. I think you, you could They're make close arguments. in similar ways. Yeah, you can make arguments well. for Hogan being number one, but I think just for the period yeah. that needed another generational superstar, Austin yes. was it. And, you know, again, we, we've talked about it before with Triple H in terms of, you know, if he'd won King of the Ring, there would never have been, or we we don't think there would have been an Austin 316. You know, it's Very, like, very, very different story, right? Totally different very story. Very different story. Um, I, they say, like, the, the cream would, would rise to the top or whatever, or the, 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 the best will always find a way, and he, whatever. You know what I mean? But there wasn't really much time left for his run. For a start, was there? You know what I mean? In terms of how long he was actually about, you got to think this guy was on top four, the maximum, maximum four years, maximum. Yeah. yeah. To have that much of an impact on the business mm. in that short of a period of time is insane. It's insane. The the pay per view buys, the sellouts, the house shows, the fucking TV ratings. The merchandise he used to get a percentage of the 316 t-shirts or whatever he was getting three million dollars a quarter in merchandise sales that's how much money the wwe was making on his merch he was getting a percentage of it and he was still making three million dollars every it's a million dollars a month it's just incredible this guy was breaking record after record after record he was the probably the big it's i would say I would probably hazard a guess as to say that he was on top in the biggest wrestling boom period ever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the mainstream international fan base, you could say that the the sort of the territory that that sort of maybe late seventies to early eighties in terms of America, like the TV ratings with like Memphis and all that sort of stuff. Whatever they're getting like thirty shares on the TV, what? But that wasn't worldwide. You you you'd speak to somebody in. England and they wouldn't know who Jerry Lawler was, whatever. Mm. You speak to any, you could speak to somebody in the middle of the desert in Libya and they'd be wearing a fucking 316 t shirt. You know what I mean? Like this guy was, he was on top in the biggest boom period in wrestling. It's just, just insane, the guy. Right? And he talked himself there. He, he, he worked himself there. The best thing that ever happened was him to get released from WCW the way that he did. Yep. That lit the fire underneath him, gave him that in streak. Gave him that kick up the arse to be to be the Stone Cold character. The Stone Cold started in ECW, yep. not in WWE. Yep. That promo, I don't know if you've seen it. You you would have had the people out there that might not have seen it. Go out and, and look for that promo. That that Steve Austin promo in WCW. And he's just sat there getting pissed off at the world. Like that was Stone Cold then. Um, that was the the genesis of that character, the genesis of that persona. Well, it was him really. It was real. <laughs> it was real most of the time. And the guy was just just insane. You mentioned earlier on um, those three matches with The Rock, whether he had the title or he was winning the title or whatever. About 15, 17, 19, that, that trilogy mm -hmm. of matches at WrestleMania. Some of the feuds that he, that he had with these guys. Just, just an incredible, incredible worker. Unbelievable talker. Just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You, all the metrics, if you look at the metrics, he's going to be there or thereabouts with every single one. Just insane. Insane person. I suppose you've got to say, right, for... And I love Stone Cold. It's just generationally just fucking insane. But, you mm -hmm. know, for him, 
he was the perfect, we'll call him a babyface, to Mr. McMahon heel. I think those two together was just gold. Like, yep. just a man and Joker, right? Yep. I, I mentioned that. I've said that a couple. Of, it's, a, it's a reference that I like to use quite a lot, like an analogy that I use quite a lot. Like, it's true that you could not have necessarily have one without the other. You definitely couldn't have had Mister McMahon without Stone Cold. Definitely not. It was yeah that feud, Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. Just fighting around the fucking arena and dropping back into the Royal Rumble and it's just just insane. Yeah. I mean, you think, yeah, think there's so many Austin moments, right? The beer truck, the you know Tyson, the the Mister McMahon getting slapped over the head with a bedpan. It's like it's just the first, the, the first stunner, concrete, the first stunner, horrendous stunner by first the way. stunner on, yeah, probably <laughs> the last not one. far off as bad as the last one, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, um, but yeah, so just Austin, I think anybody that doesn't have him number one or at least number two doesn't really know what they're talking about in my opinion but that's just i agree if if somebody wants to come along and argue this to, to the fact why he should he should be number one you crack on uh, like uh, we'll, we'll listen whatever but i i i thought we would be really close with probably the top couple on here um it's it, it kind of says a lot about the business really if if hulk and stone cold are not in that sort of top level conversation yeah, exactly. for champions so would we will reiterate like, I might need to re- reiterate it on on a uh, on behalf of John. The fact that he's got Kurt Angle in here. This is the top ten WWE WWF champions, not the top ten wrestlers of all time, because this list would be very very different. Yeah, um, but yeah, Stone Cold Man, the guy was just yeah, like everything good about wrestling. It, he transcended into that every man situation as well. Yeah. This is what this is what makes good champions is. Those people who fall into that category of the the everyday person, that lapsed fan or that non-fan, that person who sits there and watches the telling goes, "Who the f- who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? Like, like he's why well, he's just he just punched his boss in the face and just dropped him on his head. Like, whoa, this guy's a he's drinking a beer. What the fuck? I want to be this guy. Like, that he's the people who didn't know wrestling. Do. He's yeah. doing what I've always wanted to do: walk into work, tell my boss that I fucking hate him." Kick him in the tits and then go and drink a beer. Like, what more do you need, right? What more do you need? And that's the bottom line because Mark out of 10 said so. I think, Hoxie, awesome first episode, I think. it's um, Yes. As I say, we don't have an email or a YouTube channel set up yet. It will be done and probably when we finish up this, there'll be a little snippet. I'll come on and I'll tell you what the email address, etc. is once I get it sorted. Um... But thanks to everybody that's came along and well came along and watched. If you are on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button, sub to the channel, turn on notifications to find out when we next upload our next podcast. If you're what listening on any of other like podcast thing, do something that makes turns on notifications. We don't know. Drop what we're a five about. star review. You that's can follow on on Spotify. Stick it in your little followed section. Stick a star by it. Give it a five star. Whatever. Just uh, also if you're on socials. You can always just go and share it to your friends and say, "I've listened to these guys chat rubbish about wrestling for a couple of hours. They're quite—they know what they're on about. Maybe, potentially. If not, when, come along when, and argue with us. When we get our <laughs> socials set up, what I want you to do as well is let us know whose whose list do you agree with more? Do you agree with Shields or do you agree with Hoxie? 
It's obviously going to be mine because Shawn Michaels is on mine and Kurt Angle is on yours. Yeah, but it's you've also crazy. got Eddie Guerrero on yours. It's like, fuck right off. It's like, there's no shot. And, and honestly, my honourable mention is so left field it'll shock people and they'll go, do I know something? He knows what he's talking about. He's fucking legend. Um, okay, so that's the end of the first episode. Next episode is, you think we're, <laughs> you think this is going to cause arguments? Wait until episode two. We are going to talk about <laughs> the top ten overrated superstars in the business. Now, I know my number one, and Hoxie knows my number one. There's <laughs> going to be a fight. We should just skip that. and It'll probably be two hours of us talking about number one, because I can't so be good. dealing with it. I'm not happy with this at all already. It's crazy. Crazy. If this has intrigued you, uh, make sure you come on for the next one. Um, getting all sweaty and angry already. I've not even got there yet. <laughs> I am. So, from me, Shields, have a very nice evening. Hoxie, over to you. From me, Hoxie, have a nice evening or morning or afternoon. Have a good one, and we'll catch you on the next one. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Bye. As promised, guys, the email address has been set up. If you want to comment on mine or Hoxie's list, then email us. Also, you can give us ideas of what next on Mark Out of 10. Make sure you email us at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com. That's wrestlemark ten one zero at gmail.com we're also now live on youtube mark out of 10 make sure you sub to the channel turn on notifications and obviously like every podcast when it comes out thanks very much for listening again and i'll catch you in the next one